0: Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 152.
1: Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension?
2: Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing.
1: I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the
3: force field now.
2: There's no point in being grown
0: up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon.
3: Unlimited rice pudding, etc, etc. I'm the doctor!
0: Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. All right, that would be me.
1: Hello, Surprise! Boom! etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. and don't wander off.
3: How can you kid this? I don't like the color
0: howdy do do, who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. There it is. There we go. The catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody kept saying that to me. Mum was at the uh, London Film and Comic-Con a couple of weeks back. Who was it? Somebody kept saying... Hope you've had a cracking week. Yeah. Anyway, welcome aboard, episode 152. Do hope you've had a good week. It's been a bit quiet for us, I'm not sure about you, mate, but I've had a bit of a quiet one. Seems Mm. overly quiet in relation... I know you've been out and about with... with
4: Yeah, I've been out and about. Some Who buddies again, but uh, Mm.
0: yeah, just feels like I've had a nice,
4: quiet, chilled one this week. Sometimes that's quite nice, isn't it? Have a bit of a a rest. Mm. Yeah. So, but no, I've been uh, I've been a right busy bee,
0: <laughs> and I've seen something that I'm extremely jealous about as well could, that you picked up while you were out and about.
4: <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because um, I'm in trouble because of that certain thing. I am in big trouble. Oh dear! And I know I would be. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: it's a risk that we take.
4: <laughs> I thought I'd be able to sneak him in, but oh, I no. I didn't manage it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically um <laughs> so yeah at the weekend uh i went out and met with um some fellow youtubers the who addicts guys and uh some other peeps and we had a good old day around london and um obviously that that meant going to forbidden planet and the who shop dangerous that just has to be done dangerous. Um, I, I haven't been to the who shop for ages actually so it was really good to go there i mean fp i go to fairly frequently um and nothing much changes in there um but uh, yeah, I was excited to go to the hoot shop. I know you've been a few times lately, but uh, I've not got to go. Um, and there was another reason I was quite excited. So I'll just I'll just travel back in time a little bit first and just tell you the first big whammy <laughs> was <laughs> that just as I was about to leave, and as re- regular listeners will know, my my other half just is exasperated by the amount of merchandise that that comes flowing through the letterbox. Um, <laughs> and you know, I just get my ear off every day basically about it but anyway so i'm about to leave to go to london and uh, a parcel turns up and wow. um and i don't get to the door in time to to hide it and uh and it was the parcel was the robert harrett tetrap figure which, oh, nice. uh, which i only ordered yeah. last week um it arrived amazingly quick i thought they were still pre-order so i was i was really surprised mm-hmm. that it was like it arrived so quickly i've got to tell you um whether you like that story or not the figure is amazing yeah. so I'm, I'm about sort of you know 10 minutes before I have to leave the house and i'm sort of quickly looking at the figure because it's arrived and and in my right ear i'm getting blah, blah, where's that gonna go blah, <laughs> more, blah, how much was that blah, blah 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 and i'm like yeah yeah shut up it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's going on the shelf i'm too scared to put it on the shelf it might get broken oh what am i gonna do with it uh, i better go and catch the train so anyway i'm looking at the figure. it's a beautiful figure absolutely fantastic now Going back a little bit further in time, the night before, <laughs> I was looking on the old Robert Harrop um, website, and Alpha Centauri, the figure that they released before the Tetrap, has sold out, so you can't get it. I had a look on eBay, there was two on there, all around the 150-odd pound mark, um, and he was 60 quid on Robert Harrop before he sold out, so I was like, Psh, no way would I pay that, <laughs> 150 quid, you mm-hmm. know. So anyway, I'm thinking to myself, going to the Who shop tomorrow. Gary said they'd got it if they have it and it's less than 70 quid because I'm factoring in postage if I'd have bought it from Harrop. Yes. I was thinking if they've got it and it's less than 70 quid I'm getting it. (laughs) So anyway I've woke up the Tetraps arrived ear bashing for that headed off to London. Um, We went more or less straight to the who shop. First thing I do head to that cabinet and there he is and he's 69.99 right. You're in by a pound. I'm in by a pound. (laughs) Well, I'm by a penny actually. A penny, yeah, sixty yeah. nine. Yeah. So, um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, if I'd have ordered him from Harrop, he would have been sixty quid plus postage, five quid. So I'm a five. I'm four ninety nine out. I've lost four ninety nine by not pre-ordering him. Sure. So I, I, I get him. Um, I, I check him while I'm there because I don't want to get home and find you know any limbs in the bottom of the box where he's smashed or anything because you know obviously I don't live anywhere near the Who shop. Um, and I'm like, obviously, carrying him around London with me all day, thinking, how am I going to get this? How am I going to get this in? Because I've already had an ear bashing in the morning about Tetrap. If I go home with another one of these figures, <laughs> I'm going to get it in big time anyway. Long story short, I come in, we'd been out getting trashed. <laughs> staggers in at God knows what time. In fact, I caught, caught the last train home. staggers in with my bag of stuff first thing that said is what's in that bag oh no I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then then just to make it worse as if i, I might have been able to uh, crept it in the house to make matters worse what do i do i go and plaster it all over the geeks Hamburg bank facebook page so so i just <laughs> let myself in for a right old yeah so i'm not in the good books at the minute but i don't care because i'm just locking myself away with these two glorious figures and mm. they are mate they are absolutely stunning I don't regret buying them for a second but um but just to let you know I have blamed you <laughs> I said it's all Gary's fault <laughs> he told me they'd got it <laughs> oh mate so you were rumbled immediately I was rumbled. Oh. it was just two on two in one day and I just I was never going to get away with it um but uh yeah I just need a nice display cabinet though I've just got these lovely figures and they really mm. are They're absolutely stunning um but I just need somewhere good to display them now. I need a good shelf. But um, I've also been a terrible influence on everyone else I went with because um, one of the guys there, Harry, had never heard of Robert Harrop. Okay. And, uh, he bought Davros, who was like 99 quid. Oh. It's like, what's this Robert Harrop then? I said, oh, they're fantastic. you got to look at the Robert. So he, he sees Davros in the cabinet, immediately buys him. I had to restrain Liv, who's uh, part of the Hill Addicts guys, uh, from buying the TARDIS because she was like, I want it. I want it now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's, 25 quid cheaper online so if you can wait but she's like yeah but it's in the cabinet and i want it so everybody was just you know buying them and uh, it's 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 infectious it is the old robert Harrop stuff is beautiful it really yeah. is
0: Congrats it really is and their new website is quite good as well it's a much needed upgrade from their previous one i think they have got a few issues with certain figures not showing on the category page so um if you go on to the doctor who section and there's a a figure on there that you thought oh i'm sure that was on there before i was going to get it if you just do a search for it it will show up there's about four or five products that aren't showing on there but if you search for it it will show up
4: it's funny you say mm. that actually yeah because it seems it's really bizarre that it is something to do with their upgrade because sometimes if you refresh the page they the it sort of changes mm-hmm. and um and also i had an issue when i tried to pre-order the tech trap that I got to the checkout stage and then couldn't click on any of the options to go any further. So I kind of got stuck and, um, and I emailed them about it saying, I'm trying to purchase it and I can't check out, do you, you know, do you know, there's an issue with your new website? I didn't actually hear anything back, um, which is a bit bad, but, um, but anyway, long story short, I worked out that it was actually a problem with Google Chrome. So I tried doing exactly the same thing through internet Explorer, absolutely no problem at all. So yeah. for some yeah. reason just uh yeah google chrome doesn't like their new website in terms of actually oh, yeah. buying stuff yeah mm. either that or my other half was tapping in trying to stop me <laughs> he's sabotaging your laptop block, block, block. <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah no it's a it's a nice nice new website yeah yeah cool yeah. So you, you can meant- be um pleased that your your sea devil figure um is like gold dust now because you've got the robert harris sea devil mm. Oh that, is, oh, that is a beautiful figure. That is the one I, I'd love to get my hands on that. So if ever I do come around to your house, you better hide that because <laughs> it might just go missing.
0: Yeah, I'll throw it at the missus. Hi, hide this quickly. Yeah, yeah. Why, what's wrong? Adam's coming over That's it. and he's had his eye on it, so
4: I have it in I the garden.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, good, mate. So you've had, um, you had a weekend of uh, some hoo shenanigans mm. out and about. That's good.
4: Yeah, it was good. Um, And you'll be pleased to know that um, I did get told they had this weird TARDIS model in the who shop. And I'm sure our regular listeners know our whole hoo-ha about not allowing photos in the shop. So they had this weird TARDIS model. Um, I don't know. Presumably it was for sale. It was on the shelf. It was sort of, um, I don't know, about six inches tall or something. I don't know. It was a weird one. I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I asked if I could take a picture of it. And the poor old guy behind the counter looked terrified. He was like, Oh, uh, oh well, no, better not, better not. And I was like, oh, oh. Cool. so I, I didn't can't... get a picture of it. But I was like, well, why can't I take pictures? It drives me nuts. Anyway, but it was a great day, but yeah. Really enjoyed it.
0: Mm. Oh nice one. Yeah. We will have to um we will have to get to the bottom of the whole no pictures thing in the Who Shop.
4: Yeah, I think so. I'm terrified to even go there. That I mean, the poor old staff member just looked like I'd. It was just like, no, on pain of death, you cannot. It's bizarre, attention. isn't it? It's strange, yeah. But anyway, I was happy with. I was happy with what I got. Good. Yeah. Good. And I didn't buy anything else all day. That was it then. Well, apart from a few beers. <laughs>
0: apart from a few beers, <laughs> yep. a couple of comics, a yeah. couple of books, another figure, T-shirt. Oh, actually, yeah, we <laughs>
4: did in FP. We did. They've got all the Titans reduced for three ninety nine. And uh, and I blame Matthew Rowney for this from the Who Addicts. He was like, go on, let's let's buy a couple. Go on, we'll open them live <laughs> on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, go on, let's get them. So I did buy a couple of blind boxes. Thank goodness they were cheap because I got some rubbish figures. And, of course, he got all the ones I wanted. I was <laughs> furious. He was like, every time I opened a box, I was like, "Ah, oh, Rose again. He opens the box and he's got blimmin' Pat Trouton with the crinkly hat. And I was like, oh, I, I, I gave you that figure. I picked that one for you. Ah, oh, I was going mad I was. I've got that one. Yeah, it's a great figure, that is. I think it's and my uh, fave, I think, out of my Titans. It's a brilliant figure. And mm. he got K9, which was the other one I said, oh. Like, oh, I'd love it if this was K9. And I opened it and it was, it was it, Oswin, I think. I was like, oh, I can't remember. Something rubbish. Brilliant. And then he opens his it, straight away. Oh, it's K9. I was like, oh, man. But yeah, it's all good fun. Just thank goodness they were cheap, otherwise yeah, I might have been a bit upset. Yes, <laughs> time. Yeah.
0: time. yeah, I've had a quite one like I said. Um, I did I did manage to go into FP. Um if, once every couple of weeks I need to go into London for work. And yeah. our, our office <laughs> is um it's only about 10 12 minute walk away from the Forbidden Planet mega store. So I was like, right. I shall frequent that later, see what's going on. And the the Who section's looking even more um, sort of anorexic. Than it, than <laughs> it's looking it, very sparse. Yeah, than it was um, uh, the last time I was in there. The last time I was in there must have been about three months ago, something like that, three or four months yeah. ago. And I thought, wow, this... The, the Who section's dwindling. And then when I was in there last week, I, was, I just thought, this is unbelievable. I mean, there was Did even, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a couple of shelves that were just empty. Yeah. Uh, so it had Doctor Who, the labels on the front of the shelf, but there's just nothing there. Nothing there, I know. And then they had this cabinet as well where they normally have all the exclusive Titans in and Sonics and other little figures. That was just half full. And there was this <laughs> little half stand empty and stuff. It looked awful. I know. It's such a shame. It really is. But
4: Let's hope um, Dalek Tat's got some good merch for us later to, to fill up those shelves. Um, didn't you? Didn't you um, see Nick Briggs when you were in there? Wasn't he doing the signing or, or was that before you went in?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so um, ah. I, I ventured downstairs to see what comics and, and books were, were going and uh, I saw the signing table out. I didn't think anything of it. And then, yeah, just as I was looking around, all I heard was, please welcome Mr. Nick Briggs. Oh, nice. He's going to be signing copies of the... Ninth Doctor. Ninth Doctor Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just to uh, confirm, not starring Chris Eccleston, but... No. Yeah. Does star um, the annoying little dude and um, Rose's mum. Oh,
4: what's his name? His name's Adam, isn't it? What's his real name? Bruno Uh, something. Bruno something, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Camille... So, oh, I, mean, I like Camille, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Camille Cordry, yeah. yeah, and uh, bless old Nick, but he d- he d- he did his best to um to sort of lighten the situation because I think there was about seven people there.
4: Well, I was going <laughs> to ask you if there's many people there because no offence, because you know we both love Big Finish, but that's not a release that either of us were terribly excited about, if we're, to be honest. But mm. but also it was more the cost of it because I was thinking it was thirty five pounds, wasn't it? It was. And I was yeah. thinking even signed. I mean, I no i just wasn't yeah i just wondered if people would be tempted to go for that but i think that's a bit steep 35 quid yeah um so i'm not surprised there were many people there no offense to the (laughs) big finish guys but yeah
0: yeah there was about seven maybe eight people tops in the queue and he sort of Mm. signed them in about 10 minutes and then that was it he just he was sat there, <laughs> just oh and the look on Twitter, I think. But there was one guy at the front who brought a, a huge carrier bag full of all sorts. He had like oh. loads of big finished things and a magazine and something else. And he got Nick to sign all of that, and everyone oh, else right. just had a copy of the of, of the story, and that was it. But
4: they did have some signed ones on the shelf when I went in. Actually, I noticed. Mm. Um, so he'd obviously signed a few for him to sell, but uh,
0: yeah, not not for that price. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. And talking a big finish, I got the. Um, I see you got it as well. I got my uh, classic Doctor's New Monsters mm. Volume Two. Yes, got that through the post on Monday, I think. Came through Monday or yesterday because we're recording this on Wednesday the 9th. Yeah, I think it came through on Monday. Uh, but i've yet to listen to any of it yet yeah, have you listened to, to no
4: i was just going to say exactly the same thing i got it through the post i was like oh this is exciting because the fourth doctor's in this set and i thought yeah great a bit of tom baker
5: yeah.
4: um put it on the shelf i haven't blooming listened to any of it yet no, no. me either no no it's been too busy getting drunk getting, well yeah you <laughs> have. yeah, getting told I, off not- as well getting told off and spending burning the credit card thing is i don't know about you well i don't know when do you listen to your big finish because i i generally listen to mine when i'm doing the ironing because it's just it's perfect i just have a massive pile of ironing and i just bung on a big finish and away i go and that's that's normally when i listen to mine
0: uh i normally listen to I well I i i try to listen to it when i'm working but inevitably what happens is i end up just going back because i'm sort of ingra- that's why when i listen to music when i work i never listen to um like songs i always listen to, i always listen to soundtracks or instrumental music mm. because i can't so if i'm listening to big i always try it though and i never i should learn by now but i, I start work put on big finish and end up just going back to the, the track again because i i was engrossed in work and it was just in the background so yeah. now i tend to listen to it just um when I'm in bed and I'm just sort of laying there for half an hour with the headphones on, or when I'm driving.
4: A lot of people listen to it when they're driving, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't drive, so that rolls that out. But yeah. So when you've got your penny
0: on <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and you're doing the ironing, you've got big finish on.
4: Always, yeah, always have a bit of big finish on. Wow, that's an image <laughs> right
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, actually, talking of the, um, uh, before we move on, the merchandise section in Forbidden Planet. Uh, One of our uh, listeners who's been sort of our ears on the ground, if you like, reporting from the front line, Mm -hmm. uh, Miles McKenzie, Um, Mm. he's uh, let us know that uh, character options have renewed their license Mm. for official figures and so on. So with any luck, we'll have some more stuff coming out soon, some 12th Doctor stuff and some other bits from character. Yeah, uh, because yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not one for sort of figures and stuff. I don't collect those, but I know a lot of people that do, mm. and they are quite popular. So hopefully that'll flesh out the shelves a little bit.
4: I hope they pull their socks up a bit, though, because mm. their last lot of figures, um, well, some of them weren't. But I mean, they finally got around to doing a decent Twelfth Doctor figure, but it was released so far out of date. Do you know what I mean? Like they were releasing figures from series. Eight when series nine had finished and stuff like that it was just you know what i mean they, they seem to be very slow at getting stuff out now like at one time the figures seemed to come out almost to coincide with the series which is what you want mm-hmm. um but lately they've just dwindled off into little bits and bobs so yeah i'm glad their license has been renewed but let's see some let's see some good stuff come out you know what i mean so yeah yeah, and also some more classic stuff would be good, but maybe it doesn't sell, I don't know, but would love to see some more classic figures released.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that, that's coming out that might be quite cool, if this is up your street, but um, mm-hmm. there's a company called, um, abbreviated to MFX, I'm assuming it's Millennium FX, who have done some of the um, costume and prop work for Who. Uh, oh, yeah. They're going to be releasing um, a bunch of um, masks, Mm. Um, like proper masks that have been used, um, so pretty much screen accurate masks from the TV. There's Weeping Angels. There's the Scarecrow masks from the Family of Blood. Oh yeah, uh, two parter. <laughs> There's a Davros mask. There's um... is there a monoid? A <laughs> monoid. <laughs> yeah, including including ping pong ball. <laughs> um, but at the moment, they've got a display over at the Doctor Who Experience. Oh, so they've got a couple of tables there they got all the masks and so on and um yeah so miles has said um that he spoke to one of the guys there and they've said that they're going to be on sale oh wow I'm not sure on the price in but mm-hmm. it's going to start at 100 quid and upwards
4: right uh, however
0: they do look amazing
4: i bet yeah
0: they do so they're, they're potentially some cool stuff on the way and like you said character they really need to pull their finger out and Give us some better stuff.
4: Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, I assume when the series comes back in 2008, I, hopefully they're already making plans and working mm-hmm. with the BBC to bring out some cool stuff for that. Yeah, that would be nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a Jodie Whittaker figure has to be on the cards. It has to be, mate, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah. No <laughs> announcement on the um, companion yet, I've just realised, which is a good thing, actually, I think. let's don't want everything at once, do we? No, let's, let's
0: be drip-fed some stuff
4: yeah
0: uh anyway it's all kind of merch shall we land it and do the news uh the news and merch (laughs)
4: yes
0: (laughs) first up uh jodie whittaker uh, has been out and about recently. So when she was first announced as the thirteenth Doctor, she was very quiet for um, for the for the week, the week after, for a couple of weeks since that all got announced and the um, the little reveal clip went out during Wimbledon. Um, I think she was she was interviewed somewhere because they put some snippets of it soon after. Uh, it might be in the Radio Times or something like that. But she's been quite quiet of late. We've not heard much from her um, Mm. about stuff. Uh, But she has been, uh, her first sort of proper interview uh, was on BBC Radio 6. Uh, And I think that was on Monday. Monday morning. Yeah. I believe. And uh, she was on there chatting about um, the moment that she found out that she got the role and she was cast. Uh, And also um, uh, some other bits. And uh, yeah, so I've We've got a little clip. We'll play that. And uh, it's, it's very, it's almost surreal listening to the voice of the next doctor. Mm. Um, But yeah, so this is Jodie on BBC Radio 6.
6: Speaking of uh, medical emergencies, when you found out, finally, when you finally got the call that you were going to be the next Doctor Who, can you describe what happened? Did you faint?
2: Uh, no, I didn't faint. I played it really cool. Did you? And cried. Did
6: you, did you cry? <laughs> yeah. Because I I you met, you sort of alluded to it before that there's a very there's a long period of time be, between going yeah. for it and getting it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: there's there was a yeah, there was a long period of time and I found out that I got it during this job. So uh wow. Yeah. I think there were a lot of cast members that was like, I can't believe you didn't <laughs> <and> tell me <laughs> Um But uh it was it was incredibly emotional because you know I've my entire life has has been spent as a child all I ever wanted to do was be an actor Mm. and I wanted to do it because I wanted to play pretend and that (laughs) is the ultimate I'm playing I'm about to play an alien you know a, a time lord and that as a girl yeah, who knew you know that's incredible and it's really emotional because of that and I feel like I'm immersing myself into a world that it just it, the love of it. Like even now, I haven't even done it yet. I haven't done anything, and just the the fans are the most kind of creative and enthusiastic people, mm. and it's so exciting to be a part of that. And also because I've I know quite a few of them, yeah. you know, like people that have been in it, and talking to them has been, you know, it's. For them, it's like a moment in their life. And there's only a few people
0: that know. So there was Jodie on uh, Radio 6. You, I'll put a link in the show notes. So you, you can listen to, um, to the whole section about Doctor Who. It's about 10 minutes long, mm. roughly all of it. But uh, how cool is that hearing, hearing Jodie talk about uh, the show like that? She literally has, you know, she's, it feels like she's got such a, a passion for it already. And like she mm. said, she hasn't even done anything yet. And I assume she means anything properly because she's filmed.
4: See, I wondered that
0: the reveal. Yeah, yeah. She,
4: presumably she's re- yeah filmed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but she's not really got into it properly. I don't mm. think is what she means. But uh, yeah, it's it's very cool listening to her talk about it in that way where she you can tell she's over the moon about it and she's quite in you know, it's hit her you know emotionally as well by the sound of it.
4: Mm. Sounds like she's raring to go, doesn't it? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I love her already. I, I really hope she um, uses her natural accent as well. Cause I, <laughs> I love the way she talks and um, I think it, I, I always think it's better if they do that, you know, like Chris used his accent um, tenant sort of didn't, did he? I always, always wish he had used his sort of native accent rather than doing his mockney London sort of accent. But I really hope she keeps her, her, her actual accent. Cause I think I just, yeah, I just think it's really endearing and I'm, I'm really loving it already, to be honest with you. Um, it were great when I played Doctor. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Running about
0: is... in TARDIS. It were amazing. Get you immersion eater on. I want <laughs> bath in TARDIS. Go on. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's Chris Reckleston. um But no, <laughs> but no I, I'll tell you what. I watched the, the the thing she was talking about, the job that when she found out she got Doctor Who in the middle of the job. Um, was that Trust Me, I think, which was on TV last night? I think so, yeah. Where she's yep. playing a doctor, but who's like a fake doctor. So I watched it because um, I don't really like medical stuff. I don't know about you, like Casualty and no, Hobie. I don't watch no. it because I don't like watching all the gore and operation. I'm the but same. Yep. I thought I'll watch it and see if there's any you know see what it's like because I wanted to see what she was like I've only ever seen her in Broadchurch and um and she's got the blonde hair and everything the same so you know like in Broadchurch mm-hmm. she's dark hair so she's sort of already started like a doctor but um I actually really enjoyed the first episode one thing I would say she's a, you know she's a good actress and she, there is something about her like she's got an aura about her which I think just makes her stand out so uh the more I was watching it the more I was thinking I just cannot wait to see her in action as the Doctor, actually. Um, I'm I'm just very excited about it. But the thing is, the reason I said I'm I'm glad we haven't had the announcement of um, the companion yet is because... I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Peter Capaldi. <laughs> like <laughs> he's kind of been forgotten already. And it's like, hang on, he's, he's still, he's still the doctor. Mm-hmm. He's still got, you know, a few more months of being the doctor and Chris is special. So, you know, I just don't want him to sort of think that he's been just like, yeah, see you mate. Bye. Shut the door on your way out. Got a new doctor now. You know, it is very exciting, but I, I just, yeah, I don't want too much about the new series until Capaldi has gone. I just think it's a bit um, disrespectful. If you know what I mean? Uh, I love the, you know, I like the fact we've got the announcement and I think she's going to be fantastic but yeah let's just put the brakes on a little bit we've still got you know quite a few months to go yet before she well we've got ages to go before she actually hits the screens as our doctor haven't we? so yeah
0: i think i think fortunately for us she has been quite light in the media mm. about it which is good yeah and i think this is the only sort of i say big interview this is the only sort of mainstream interview i think she's done at the moment she was on tv this morning. We yeah like I said we're recording this on Wednesday the 9th and she was on an ITV program this morning it was the Lorraine show oh yeah if anybody <laughs> I've never heard of that I don't know who um, Lorraine is but you know it's one of those Saturday morning chat show sort of things and I know she was on there talking about Doctor Who but it wasn't about Doctor Who it was about just um, her new show Trust Me and
4: I was gonna say she's probably bits. supposed yeah. to be um, promoting that, I assume. But yeah, of course, everyone's yeah. going to ask her about Dr. they? but that's mm. probably what she's booked in to promote. Yes. Um, I'll tell you one thing I loved, actually. Um, I don't know if it was in this radio clip or if it was in the BBC news interview she did. I can't remember where I heard her say it now. But um, what I did like was the fact that she acknowledged that once you're the Doctor, you're the Doctor for life. Mm-hmm. And she seemed really pleased about that. Because, you know, I'm not going to name names here, but some actors who played the Doctor they just want to do it <laughs> and move on to another job uh-huh. don't they and they don't want to go back she sort of acknowledged she's like you know this is this is a part for life you never you ne- you're never not the doctor once you've been that's right. playing that role yep. and i thought well that's good cuz you know whoever sort of you know spoke to her about taking this role accepting the job or whatever as as obviously said to you know you do realize all the baggage and pressure that comes with it and or at least i hope they have because let's face it there's no other role like it really so there is seems like she's sort of um taking that all on board which i think is a really good thing you know
0: Mm -hmm. there was um i mean it it does follow you around forever and i think that's Mm. the problem that some uh, yeah. So not naming any names, but there are, you know, one person does spring to mind where one name springs to mind. And it, it's a case of I've, I've done that and I want to forget about it now because I want to do, and I don't want to focus on other things, but inevitably it does follow you around. I remember watching an interview with David Tennant on the TV. It must've been March time, I think, uh, February or March. And it was meant to be about the show Don one that he was in. Oh yeah. In the West end. Yeah. And, uh, The interview was about 10, 12 minutes long and they got through a bunch of questions about the play and the part and all that stuff. And then literally, as you would expect, the interview was like, so Doctor Who, Peter Capaldi. And I think I think that was when Peter Capaldi had announced that he was leaving. So, you know. The third of the way through the interview, it's like, right, Doctor Who, let's get on to mm-hmm. the stuff that, you know, we everybody... We want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to hear about what you're doing now. We want to talk about your time on the show. So it does follow you around. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I, where was it? I, I read something as well recently. Again, I, my, our memories are shocking, mate.
5: Mm.
0: They really are. I can't remember <laughs> who it was or where I read this, but somebody was offered the part of a companion. And they turned it down. Uh, who was it? I'll have to dig this out of my memory and put it up somewhere. But somebody, an actor, was offered the role of the companion, but turned it down. And one of the things that they were told was, you know, if you, if you take on, you know, the Doctor or a companion in the show, then you're you're basically guaranteed, you know, a pretty decent sort of lucrative convention mm. uh, fee or. Oh. You know, earnings or whatever, pretty much until you retire. So it it is definitely one of those things where if you take it on, it's there for life.
4: I think didn't one of the classic doctors always always describe it as you've got a pension for life if you if you're part of doctor or something like that. that. McCoy, I think Um, was it. I think it was McCoy. That's who I was thinking of. But um, makes you wonder why that person turned down being a companion. You know. Uh, but then again, it does bring with it a lot of, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, you will get stopped in the street and in the suit. I mean, that's one of the things that John Sim found difficult to deal with, wasn't mm-hmm. it? There's the fact that he'd be shopping in Sainsbury's or whatever, and someone would say, oh, can I get a picture of you? And, it, you know, he's admitted that it really got to him in the end. It's just like, for goodness sake, I can't go anywhere. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, got himself a bit of a reputation for being grumpy. But, you know, you can see that from both sides. It's it's uh, It probably would get annoying if you can't even go and get yeah. to your weekly shop without getting harassed. So, yeah, it is something that comes with it, um, which you've got to take on board. But she seems to be handling it very well. I saw loads of pictures of people uh, met her going into BBC Radio 1 and coming out and getting photos and autographs. I saw a little video of her meeting the fans, and she just seemed to be uh, dealing with it very well. So that's very good. Yes. yes. So that's
0: Jodie Whittaker. Yes. Uh, we'll put a link to the show notes so you can listen to that bit, but it's very
4: good. Excellent. Right. One of the quick bit of news. Happy birthday. Happy 100th birthday wow. to Earl Cameron, who uh, appeared in the 1966 Doctor who story, The Tenth Planet. He plays Glyn, all oh, your Skype things in the way, Williams. <laughs> That's it. Glyn Williams, one of the two astronauts on Zeus. And uh, he's the oldest. Let me get this right. He's the oldest surviving actor from Doctor Who to celebrate his hundredth birthday, that's right, isn't it yes, yep. yes, so yeah, I think there's
0: a couple of other people who um who have celebrated their hundredth birthday, but I think he's the oldest that's right of, of the of the three that are still with us, but um yeah, I think it it's um i mean it's obviously it's a it's a great thing um you know for somebody from who to be celebrating their hundredth birthday because they would have seen everything if you if you can imagine yeah this person who you know potentially might have watched um doctor who from the very first hartnell episode then goes on to star in it and then had the opportunity i'm not saying um that earl did this but you know they would have had the opportunity to watch live every single episode of doctor who since it ever began plus starring in mm. the show it's it's incredible to to think that
4: that is yeah
0: yeah um but no it, it's really cool and uh it's kind of a Kind of related, I guess, because when we get to our uh, Christmas special this year um, with David Bradley playing the First Doctor, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, that it's it's set on um, it is like involved in the Tenth Planet story.
4: It seems to be, doesn't it? I was going to say, what a great story to be involved in back in the day as well. To see, like you said, I don't know how much he remember of being on set, but imagine watching all that unfold: Cybermen, Hartnell. Yeah you know going off on holiday and then coming back and regenerating <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah great story to be involved in um he was also apparently appointed a, a cbe in 2009 so he's in the new year's honors as well which is good so yeah yeah it's very done cool. well yeah really. Yeah, so cool. ha- happy birthday mr cameron mr earl cameron happy, 100
0: years old what do they call it centenary that's yeah. it centenary
4: yeah yeah
0: very cool right let's get our metal friend in Come on, then. Oh, grumpy guts. Let's see what he's got. <laughs> merch
1: corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. <laughs> I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty.
3: It's very pretty.
0: So, one piece of merch to go through. Thank you very much. You can leave now. So miserable. Offy uh, wheels. Offy wheels, yeah. They've got a squeaky one as well. um right i know for a fact a hundred percent i know where this is going to go yep i've got i've got a crystal ball on this one (laughs) adam mentioned earlier that he got a right old telling off for several pieces of doctor who merch magically appearing in the house (laughs) one after the other it's a good way of putting it yeah and Mm. i can say with 99.99999% certainty that your other half is also going to be unhappy about at least one, two, three, four pieces of other merchandise turning up at your house. Absolutely right. (laughs) So (laughs) last year? No, this year. I think this year we had the launch of the crossover um, of Doctor Who and the Mr. Men, Mm -hmm. um, aptly titled Doctor Men. Uh, You've probably seen the books that have been doing the rounds in bookshops and forbidden planet and all that jazz. And also some merch that the Hargreaves people had started to sell on their website, so notebooks and all that stuff. But this is what we've been waiting for. This is the, the, this is the thing that's like lifts it off of whatever piece of merch you've got. So whether you've bought the book or a notebook or a poster, uh, That's obviously has its own charm, but it's 2D. You can now get, or you'll be able to get later this year, the Dr. Men figurines. Yay! Yay! So (laughs) we've now got them in 3D. You can pick it up. You can do whatever you want. Your shelf is going to look awesome with these on. So, uh, Which is why I said I've got no doubt in my mind that all four of these
4: will be heading your way. Oh, they will. And so I, <laughs> I, I love them. I think they're great. I they're mean, I, I love the Mister Men crossover anyway. I think, mm. uh, I think most of the the feedback I've seen on these when they got announced is positive. I did see a few grumpy people who were like, "Oh, they look awful, girl! What a load of tat!" And i was thinking, I think what it is is if you're if you're of a certain age, or you know, if you grew up with the Mister Men or you like the Mister Men, you're going to love these. And I think if you're not either of those, you'd probably look at them and think what on earth are these do you know mm-hmm. what i mean but because i grew up with the mr men and i love them uh i really like this crossover so yeah i as soon as i saw these i was <laughs> you can you know i was just like yeah want, got to get them um they're 9.99 each as well aren't they so mm-hmm. how big are they though are they quite are they only, are they quite small it's hard to tell from the picture isn't it yeah we three have, inch or something like that yeah we haven't been told yet what the dimensions mm-hmm. or the sizes
0: are of these but uh yeah, I don't think they're going to be that small. I mean, for 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 nine ninety nine, I don't think they're going to be tiny. They're not going to be little Titan-sized. I think they're no. going to be bigger than that. But uh, they do look wonderful. And they're launching with the first four, which mm. I think is the first four that they announced for the books as well. So the first Doctor, the fourth, the eleventh, and the twelfth.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, funny enough, the twelfth one, I, I really like him just because he's sort of, yellow and whatever but the thing is he do, he looks too happy always think dr 12 should look grumpy <laughs> it's a very happy dr 12 that one yeah they, uh, they've where, nailed the first doctor haven't i they? was gonna just gonna say yeah. yeah the first doctor they've got that expression perfectly <laughs> yeah um and the matt smith one's good actually the 11th doctor as well so yeah i'll, I'll definitely be getting these mate um my uncle funny enough raised a, a little point the other day he's like so these books are called dr men i was like yeah it's like so when jodie takes over what's her book going to be called Ooh. i was like oh that's a good point um little miss i don't know so how will they get because i don't know how they will get around that i don't know presuming, presuming they're going to do a, a a one for jodie's doctor i don't know yeah i mean they've still got a few classics to do anyway haven't they that they've yeah have they do, haven't they done there's a one two or three they haven't done i think yes and yet. they
0: need to do um because they've only done the tenant one as well as a christmas special book haven't they so i imagine at some point he'll be coming to the lineup but i mean hopefully they'll do all the doctors at at some point yeah um i've just found out mate sorry the um the the height of them is going to be roughly uh 105 millimeters tall so that's 10 just over 10 centimeters
4: okay so yeah not that big but that's that's about right that's 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 quite good, actually. Yeah, not too it bad. Takes up less shelf space. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: and it's scheduled for autumn slash winter, so that's probably any time between September and December, I suppose.
4: Perfect for Christmas stocking. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, I think me and you definitely—we'll both be getting these, won't we? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. When I put it out on Instagram, whatever, I think all I put in the description was guaranteed. Purchase on these, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do look awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. There we go. Doctor Men figures coming. Mm-hmm. That's gonna do for much. Right. Review time. Yes. Adam, me old fellow. Yes, me old Marker. What are you gonna do this week?
4: So, uh, a David Tennant episode this week. Um, Christmas has come early because we're reviewing the runaway bride.
3: What? I shall descend
2: upon this earth.
6: Who is that man? Get me to the church! Prepare your best
2: medicines, doctor man, for you will be sick at heart. You shouldn't even exist. You are kidding me. Trust me. It's
3: Christmas. Whatever that thing is, it needs you. And whatever it needs you for, it's not good. Now, come on. Fire! (laughs) Sure they will suffer. So suffer. This planet shall be scorched.
4: (laughs) Guys, all going on. (laughs) (sighs)
0: That A- one, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> the Runaway Pride. It w- came out on Christmas Day in 2006. Oh, my word. Crikey. 11 years late. 11 years ago. Wow. Wowzers. It was written by mm. Russell T. Davis, directed by Euros Lynn. And, uh, yes, stars David Tennant as the Doctor, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, Chiswick's finest, <laughs> and then a relatively small supporting cast. No Cribbins yeah. in this one. No, no, he's not in this one, is he? Yeah, I think the character is played by somebody else, or is that Donna's father? No, no, because her dad's dead, isn't it? I think it's, it's played by an older gentleman
4: i i might be wrong i need to check i have a feeling that is supposed to be donna's dad oh it's um, that you're thinking of and i have a feeling Jeff and Wimble. someone out there will know i have a feeling that he passed away and so Cribbins was brought in as a character to sort of fill that gap i think so i think he passed uh, okay. away in real life and they were like well let's bring uh wilfin or let's bring Wilf back i can't remember the exact story but yeah i think the actor passed away i think which is why he's not in hmm. other stories. Um, yeah, someone out there will know for sure. I'm going to have to try and get my memory in gear again
0: here because in the credits, he's listed as Jeff Noble. Ah, oh, right. Whereas I'm thinking back to the end of time, part two, where Tenant goes off. No, not um, the end of time. Yeah, the end of time, where just before Tenant goes off to say his last goodbyes to his companions... He hands Donna's mum and Wilf a lottery ticket. And mm. he said that he went back in time and borrowed a pound off of Donna's dad. And he said the, he says the name, doesn't he? Mm. Who's the name that he says at the end? He says Some, somebody noble. And I don't think it's Jeff. Oh. I don't think he said Jeff. Because I remember the doctor saying something noble was his name. He said, you mm. keep that. From what what name does he say? Well, I think it's got to be Jeff.
4: I mean, I I can't remember now. You've really, yeah, you've you've put me on the spot, and now I really want to go and watch that episode. <laughs> um,
0: I'm sorry I, to start off with a bit of a a, a kerfuffle, but hmm. we need to get to the bottom of this.
4: I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my money that it's it's a reference to to him, Actually, and I'm gonna Yeah,
0: does he say Jeffrey? Does he say Jeffrey Noble? His full name, probably. That could be it. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, I, I, one thing that I wish in life was that my memory was better. Because <laughs> there's I a lot to able,
4: remember in the Doctor Who universe. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's my
0: saving grace. There's so much <laughs> yeah. of it. It's um. Yeah. So, uh, the Doctor goes back, borrows a pound off of, insert name here. And then says, I borrowed a pound off of somebody noble. Who does he say? Yeah, that should be a quiz question. It should be, shouldn't it? For some, Mm. do you know what? It probably is the name Jeff. It probably, probably does say Jeffrey Noble. Yeah. But for some reason in my head.
4: It doesn't sound right. It
0: doesn't. I don't know.
4: Mm. See, I, I think that was, I think that's what happened. I think he passed, the actor passed away. Um, and that's why Bernard was brought in as a character uh, to play Wilf right, right, as a replacement. And that was probably just a nice little nod to the original actor. That's what I'm guessing.
0: You're probably right, mate. Yeah. It's probably me just being, yeah, silly.
4: Well, we'll have to go and watch it this afternoon now and find out.
0: There we go. There we go. There that's we something are. to do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the kerfuffle <laughs> aside, um, the uh, Doctor is just fresh off of his heartache. Mm I'd forgotten about that as well. Yeah, at losing Rose. Um mm. because we follow on don't we from you know the tardis the the doctor burning up a star mm. so that he's got enough power to speak to Donna in the alternate no, dimension uh, to, to Rose, Rose sorry to Rose yeah. in the alternate dimension and we have the whole say it I love you <laughs> And he's if just there's
1: about, one last chance to yeah, say it. And he fades away. And
4: it's <laughs> One last chance. I'll just drag out enough to not be able to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're fresh on from his very, very upset time of losing Rose. And yeah, Donna just, as if by magic, just appears in the TARDIS. Mm. And then the Doctor's like, how the hell did you get in here? What's going on? She's missed the wedding because she... Sort of literally vanishes out of the church, ends up in the TARDIS, and then the Doctor and Donna are off on a crazy, crazy adventure to find out uh, what's what's happened to her, why she's materialised in the TARDIS, um, what are the crazy Santa robots up to, and uh, and what the crazy, uh, very well played, uh, Ragnos, the uh, the Empress rachnos is up to uh so the runaway bride your initial
4: feelings mate initial feelings were and bearing in mind i have not watched this in a very long time because it's been a christmas special it's not one i reach for mm-hmm. um but uh, but i i did very much enjoy watching this again actually thankfully it's not that much christmas themed i mean obviously there it is set at christmas and there mm-hmm. isn't mentions of it but it doesn't feel strange watching this um <laughs> in August. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't sat there thinking, oh, this is very Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Although we've got Killer Christmas trees again and we've got Killer Santa's again and all that. But no, <laughs> overall mate, I I quite enjoyed this one. I found it a good I'd I'd describe it as a romp. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? It's a roller coaster. It's um it just keep yeah, it's it's just an entertaining hour, I thought. Um it didn't hit all the marks for me. Um, in certain areas, it, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but uh, but it's enjoyable. And there's there are some bits in it which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There was there was nothing in it that I didn't enjoy. There were bits in it I thought, yeah, that could have been better. Um, it starts off very shouty, for example. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shouting going on at the start, and at, at first I was like, not sure about this. Is this dated as well as I thought it would? You know, I wasn't sure about the first sort of ten minutes or so when the even tenants like i think he's trying to outdo donna in the shouting match but um once the episode settles down like once we get to the roof scene on the helicopter pad and everything just settles from there on i just yeah i thought it was a really enjoyable episode i liked it a lot cool yeah what about you uh i really really
0: like this one
1: you do yeah Yeah. I,
0: i think uh like you i don't think it's it's perfect i don't think it needs to be perfect i think it's just a It's just a nice singular adventure. And if I'm being honest, I think it's one of my favourite Christmas specials from 2005 because Mm. they're typically dreadful, the Christmas Uh, specials.
4: Yes, I don't like many Christmas specials, I'll be honest. Yeah, Yeah. I'd put this up there as a good one. Yeah,
0: so I really like it. And the thing that it's quite... When when I put this on the schedule to review initially, I thought, ah, should we do this now? Because it is a Christmas uh, special. However, like you mentioned with With just a couple of scenes where we see the robots in the santa um outfits, you wouldn't really know that it's Christmas to be honest with you in this one, it's very light on festive themes uh so yeah, we see the robots in the the Santa outfits and we see a christmas yeah the Christmas tree, and then we also just hear Donna a couple of times say that she hates Christmas and. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the doctor makes it snow at the end, but you yeah. know, it's it's very light on Christmassy stuff. So it, it's kind of a safe watch, you know, at any time really. Mm. And um, cuz it doesn't even feel like Christmas when they're outside. You know, I'm playing oh, that's a good point actually, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look particularly cold. You know, it doesn't look, you know, if you remember back to um Christmas Invasion. The Christmas Invasion where um even that didn't look particularly christmassy but the end of that was very very christmassy when they're out Mm. outside by the TARDIS and it's snowing not snow but it's you know it's snowing um ash yeah (laughs) you know that feels quite christmas and then obviously the matt smith ones they're very very christmassy
4: yeah that's right yeah
0: uh, the moffat ones so um yeah I, I, i quite like that you can just stick this on at any time really um, and get stuck in. But yeah, you know, I really enjoy it. I think it's, it's, it's very funny in some places. I think, mm. um, I think David Tennant is spectacular in this one. He's very, very He's good.
4: He's very good in it. Yeah.
0: And, um, cause we have a good range from him in this. Um, and I think the chemistry between him and, 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 and Catherine Tate is just brilliant right from mm. the off. You know, there's no warm up needed. The two of them are brilliant together. And, uh, I really like the, um, the 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 twist in it as well. It's a simple, you know, betrayal. You know, Lance, who has set her up for for months, sort of, you know, reveals himself as the baddie alongside the Empress Ragnos at the end, and that's mm-hmm. a nice little twist. There's nothing complicated, really.
4: That, that's you the know. bit for me where, where Catherine Tate really shows that she is an actress, yes. not just a comedian, because she really looks hurt. It's quite a harsh scene. I mean, you really, I felt really sorry <laughs> for Donna because it's slowly sinking in, isn't it? That she, but she doesn't want to accept it. It's slowly sinking in that he's been, you know, using her all this time and that it was all just a sham. And she's heartbroken and Mm -hmm. he's really horrible to her. And I thought Catherine Tate was fantastic in that scene because she just, you know, the emotion she displays her face, she's, she's destroyed by what he's saying, but she just doesn't want to. She's like, but, but no, no, this can't be true. You know, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? And I I thought she was fantastic Mm -hmm. in that scene. And, you know, there are, like you said, there are a lot of comedy moments in it. A lot of them do come from her. Um, Most of them hit the mark for me. Like when she's going on about pockets and, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. I I thought, I thought she's really good in this. As I said, just, it's just that beginning bit where she's a bit too shouty. When she settles in the episode, I I think she's great in it. And you're absolutely right about the chemistry. Her and Tennant together, I would love to see some outtakes from this episode because mm. there are some scenes and there's, I think it's a, I think it's the office scene uh, where the doctor's something about a pen in a mug am I a pen in a mug or something like that <laughs> there there are some scenes there around about there where I could see you know when you can see a glint in someone an actor's eye and you, I just thought they are on the verge of cracking up that I, I would love to see outtakes in this basically what i'm saying is they look like they're having a blast they mm. look like they're having a ball making this yes so i could be wrong but that's certainly what comes across on screen the, the chemistry between two of them is fantastic
0: yeah I, I agree with that and i think if um you, you watch a couple of interviews that the two of them have done over the years i think one that was quite uh revealing of that stuff was when they was on the graham norton oh, show oh right yeah yeah and you can tell that they're very good mates not just as you know actors in the same thing because they did a west end show together much yeah. ado about nothing you know they did that for a few months um but i think they're just good mates in general
4: i was gonna say did you ever see him on nevermind the buscocks yes because that was yep. the funniest because she she's um doesn't know a lot about sci-fi and she doesn't pretend to mm-hmm. and david Tennant was really sort of just winding her up, you know, like asking her questions about Dr. She was just coming out with ridiculous answers. And the pair of them were just cracking up, <laughs> you know. They clearly get on very well. But, yeah, I, I think they're just a great on screen together, you know. Yes. Um, they do, when she gets a full series, they definitely settle down the pair of them and are, and are even better. But even in this, they're off to a cracking start,
0: yeah. Yes. Um, and before we go any further, uh, I do want to clear up my initial kerfuffle. Oh, right. Okay. So, yes. So uh, when the doctor goes back in time um, and borrows a one pound off somebody to buy the lottery ticket, it is that character, Jeff Noble. It is. It was me just being stupid as usual.
4: That's a nice little throwback, though, to the character, isn't it? Just yeah. to give him a name check to let him know that he's still, you know, still part of it. Yes. Yeah, it's
0: nice. Uh, and the actor, how would that feel? He did unfortunately pass away in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he passed away when they were during the actual uh, production of series four.
4: Did he? Oh, right.
0: Yeah. So that's when they signed Bernard Cribbins to come on and he refilmed a lot of the scenes that Howard had filmed. Oh, really? I didn't then, know that. Yeah. And then he sort of carried on, you know, as as Wilf, you know, so it's, that's a shame, really, because I'd like to have seen a bit more of. Um, Donna's family and I mean don't get me wrong it's great with just Donna's mum and and Mm. you know that sort of dynamic but uh yeah I mean I I guess it does play a nice little throwback like you say to the to his character and that actor
4: I had no idea that he'd filmed scenes um already I didn't know they'd actually got that far in production but because it's weird isn't it we get this story and then we get series three where he has Martha Jones as a companion and then series four we come back to the Doctor and Donna, and I don't don't know how you know I don't know when that plan formed in Russell's mind you know was he watching this at the time (laughs) thinking you know I'd love to get her back as a companion I don't I'd love to know when that all it's probably in his book I'll have to go back and reread it is it but it'd be lovely to know when that was all forming in his mind you know but it's it makes it more interesting I think that we get another we get this series three with Martha and then we get Donna, rather than her just jumping on board at the end of this episode. It it makes it more interesting for me. Yes,
0: if you go back and read The Writer's Tale, there's an email that Russell, because it's that whole book is just a series of emails between Benjamin Cook and Russell. And in one of those emails, Russell has said he he can't believe it, that they've managed to bag Catherine Mm. Tate as a permanent, um, you know, for the series. And at that point, when he found out that she'd been, you know, they'd nabbed her. That's when he started to pen in, you know, her specific storylines.
4: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So I think it was touch and go, whether he'd be a, they'd be able to get her full time as a, as a companion. Mm. Cause I think if memory serves, reading that book, they tried to get it the before, tried to get her before that, but she couldn't because she was busy with other stuff. Right, right. If, if memory serves, but yeah, he definitely was over the moon because I think he's such a massive fan of her as, you know, Mm. as a person and an actress. So yeah, I haven't read that in a while, you know, the actors, um, sorry, uh, a writer's writer's tale. tale. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic book. If anyone's not picked that up yet, Mm. it's an absolutely amazing insight into Russell T. Davis's era Mm. on the show and what his thoughts are for writing, for writing certain stories and characters and how the production all came together. It's really, if you've not picked that up yet. So for classic who get, um, the script doctor, Andrew Cartmel. Andrew Cartmel for modern yeah. Who get a writer's tale with Russell. Mm. Those two books are fascinating reads.
4: Must have. Really it's are. great to see hear, to here all his the, the ideas that man had that didn't get used as well. I mean, he, 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 I think some people thought he was sort of burning out before he left. No, man, he had so many ideas going on, didn't he? Didn't, mm. That they were gonna do didn't do for whatever reason or changed, and yeah, it's a very exciting time back then. Actually, when, when awesome, you read through that, yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway,
0: um, let's talk about some story stuffs mm. and all that jazz. So I think that did you notice that this um, in this uh, story that the editing was was very um, on point with a lot mm. of it. They they seem to flip between this very cool, fast, edgy, like when the doctor's running around the TARDIS console and he's bashing stuff, and yeah, you know, it, that there seems to be a really good. Who, who was the editor? I don't know if we'd, we'd know, would we? Um, so whoever did the editing on this really went along with the the sort of ebb and flow of the story. So when there's sort of a lot of stuff going on, that the editing is really fast and choppy, mm. especially when there's sort of action stuff going on. And, and then when there's quieter moments, the editing is really, it, it almost plays along with the dialogue almost. It's almost, uh, uh, for me, it's one of those stories where, it's just bang on point mm.
4: yeah from but start a lot, to finish a lot of that could be down to the direction as well because i thought there were some lovely shots in this um like when donna comes out the tardis and we get this sort of low shot looking up at the tardis with the um buildings around it and i thought that's a lovely shot there's oh, lots yeah. of lots mm. of nice bits in this so yeah um eurus lynn who's the name that's popped up a few times as we've been reviewing um the tenant episodes and stuff is, I, I, you know, it's a name as soon as I see, it, I think, ah, good. You know, I seem to recall, he's quite a good director from the other stores we've reviewed. Mm. Um, and I think he does a great job on this. Like you said, the editing and direction, I thought were well, great production values are good as well. I thought, I thought most of the effects still stood up fairly decently today. Cause mm-hmm. we're talking over 10 years ago now that this was on TV and I thought they looked fairly decent. I absolutely love the taxi TARDIS chase. Um, I remember the first time I watched (laughs) it thinking it looked amazing and okay. It's dated a bit now, Mm -hmm. but I still think it works and I still think it looks charming in its own way. Do you know what I mean? You can, you know, they would do it better now, but I still think it for the time and, and you know, the, um, what do you call it? I, I just thought it still stood up pretty well. Let's put it that way. I love that scene. I like the kids cheering as well. Just gave a nice comedy moment, and uh, yeah, I thought that was a great little action sequence.
0: No, I, I agree. It's uh, it, it kind of it, it's almost a case of no, he's not going to, is he? Because mm. where because uh, it's a nice build up as well. Where Donna's in the taxi, she's completely unaware of what's <laughs> going on. The doctors you know and it's and it's the doctor isn't it that notices the santa the robot santa in the drivers you know he's driving the taxi yeah and obviously he can't run after them so you see him legging off he's in the tardis he's ready to go and you think no he's not going to chase the the taxi and how they but it, the, it is dated like you say but it's still really enjoyable to watch It's still mm. when you it's see it. The... i
4: love the fact he ties the string around the controls and he's hanging <laughs> out the door and it, it's yeah. a very adventurous um piece of television for the time yes. and uh, right. i think they get away with it i mean as i said it first it looked great back then it ha- has dated a bit now the tardis does look a bit cgi or whatever but but it's still really fun to watch i thought
0: yeah absolutely yeah and and i love the way that they've they've made it exciting as well because if you think about it we've we very rarely see the TARDIS in flight, Mm. you know, and when we do, it seems to, you know, we see it in the intro to the show, whereas it's sort of zipping through the time vortex and, um, and, uh, and, and that stuff. And we also see it where the doors are open and people are just sort of relaxing and chilling out, watching space and stuff, but we rarely see it in an action sequence chasing or being chased. do we? Mm, So I really love how they've had, you know, The the way that the the production team decided to do it in this episode was to have that typical very fast spinning around as Mm -hmm. it's you know belting down the motorway after the taxi, and then yeah, the Doctor ties a string and levels it out, and he's yelling away. It's just it's great to watch. It really is a great scene. Yeah,
4: yeah. I was just gonna say I really enjoyed that scene, and it's funny you say about the TARDIS. You know the the different because I've never really thought about that before. You're right. We don't often see it like doing anything like that. It normally just takes off, lands or spins through the vortex. So it is something different. Um, Maybe that's why I like it so much, but that does remind me at the end, you know, when the doctor takes off, mm. it starts to do the usual fade in and out. And then suddenly it shoots up into the sky yeah. and that's different as well. And I was like, mm. I didn't remember that. I didn't. The- either. Also, I was a bit surprised. It's like, that's weird. So they were doing the normal takeoff and then suddenly it's like, Phew! takes off like a rocket and i was thinking i don't think we've seen that before or since <laughs> i mean the Aww. only thing i can think of where we've seen a different landed is time of the Rani, where oh, it lands God. in a rainbow That <laughs> sort of plonks down through the sky but it's not very often we get to see it shoot off like that um i don't think i don't know maybe we do we need to watch some more tenant but quite an unusual takeoff at the end i thought
0: yeah i don't think we do I because it's, it's a really cool sound effect as well it yeah it's like Phew! When it's you know, shoots straight up into the sky. It's it's very different. I, I don't think we've seen a, a dematerialization like that.
4: No, I don't think so.
0: Apart from the rainbow.
4: <laughs> Apart, yeah. Which is very unique. I'll tell you what we have seen before though, is that uh, is the zoom into Earth at the start. RTD loved using that, didn't he? I don't know if it was an expensive graphic that they wanted to get their money out of, but there's quite <laughs> quite a lot of the episodes start with the Earth, and then we zoom in all the way down into London streets.
0: Yeah, there's um, which
4: this one does. I, yeah.
0: I remember The End of Time with Rasselon with his voiceover using that same uh, yeah. similar thing where it's in space and then you see the earth, and uh, uh, yeah, and there's another episode as well, like an Eccleston story where it starts like that where it zooms in from space.
4: I think Rose did the very first episode, was it the first one? yeah i think yeah. and i think we see it a few times after that yeah not not complaining i just as soon as it started the <laughs> earth thing i automatically felt straight back into the rtd era you know
0: yeah it it, it does do you know what i i quite like it though
4: i do, yeah. do you know
0: what? It, it, it does give it a certain uh sort of visual flavor you you know you know it's an rtd era hmm. story when you see the uh the good old space scene
4: and zooms into it's quite cool actually so talking to things we've seen before um while we're talking about that what did you think about the fact that we get the killer santas and killer christmas trees back again because we see them in slightly different form but we see them in in uh, the christmas invasion Hmm. and then we get them in this again slightly different so this time we get killer baubles (laughs) (laughs) um but did you think did because i um did you feel that was sort of rtd you know, running out of ideas a bit? Or did you think they worked, you know, well in the story? What did you think about that? Because they're not really to do... Well, they do have a connection to the Ragnars, don't they, at the end? But, it, you know, at the time I remember thinking, oh, these guys again, what's what's this about? But for me, I still think they work pretty well. I, I still really like them. Um,
0: yeah, I think they... I, I really like the, the, the actual design of the robots, you know, their helmets with the big black eyes and mm. almost like Alien-esque. Um, yeah, they do They're design actually,
4: a bit predator, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I I really like those, but I think they're a really good, I think they're a really good addition because they're quite menacing, because mm. they come across as harmless, uh, you know, at face value. It's only the doctor really that picks them out as a threat in the, you know, everyone else is just walking past them as they're playing the, uh, they're like a little brass band, aren't they, in the street? Mm. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's the doctor that picks them out quite quickly and uh, and they are quite menacing they're quite clever as well because they don't just go into attack mode when they see the doctor because they lower their instruments don't they as if you know they're going to fire at him but yeah. then but then something happens like people walk in front or something like that and then they they raise them back up and they don't want to create attention so they're quite clever as well but i think they're a good i quite like them they're a good addition to the to this kind of story
4: Mm. I, I really like them it's, it did strike me a little bit of um uh, unoriginal I was thinking okay so we kind of did that the year before we're doing it again it did feel a little bit lazy in terms of writing um, but I don't mind because I really like them in the episode if you see what I mean I, it it, uh, it did feel like he was just reusing what he'd done the year before but I, I, I think they work in some ways better in this story Um, I remember RTD saying that he was much more pleased with the santa mars in this because they're different aren't they yeah i remember him saying he was never happy with the ones in the christmas invasion which is weird because i think i might prefer them um but i remember he he got the ones he wanted for this story they were a different design mm-hmm. i think they had more money i think he says yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah but are they good
4: yeah i think they work well
0: i like yeah. them what back reckon to the old explosive baubles. Ball
4: yeah, I quite like that because, I mean, I love the tree. In The Christmas Invasion, I love the spinning tree that goes haywire. I, I, I just love that. Um, it's such a simple idea and also so scary and deadly at the same time. And the, and it's just the fact of having something that would be in your house at Christmas that could potentially be deadly I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, yeah, we get the killer baubles. So I guess it's a good variation on what he'd done the previous year. So, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, it was good. It's good when he plugs his Sonic into the sound system as well and blows <laughs> blows to pieces. Oh, that's quite good.
0: Ah, the Sonic screwdriver, I wanted to mention this. Mm. So in this story, it's used quite a lot. Now, there was um there was an interview that David Tennant had done. I think it was on one of the special features for one of the, the, the DVDs or Blu-rays for one of the series where he had actually pushed back a bit on the usage of the sonic screwdriver because he didn't want it to be like the get out of jail free card. Every time the jo- the doctor's in a bit of a jam, hmm. he sort of whips out the sonic escapes and that's it, you know? And there was, I think there was a couple of stories where initially we had the sonic screwdriver separated from the doctor, but then it was like whizzing across planets to find him and, yeah, right. Um, and you know so I think initially the sonic screwdriver was going to be used a lot more to help the doctor out of these impossible jams and you mm-hmm. know and I think that I think David Tennant said you know this this is a bit ludicrous you know the doctor should be able to get out of these situations using his wit and his intelligence and his detective skills and he shouldn't every time he hits a hurdle he shouldn't have to get his sonic screwdriver out and and and, and sort it out you know it, it's it, it becomes too much of a crutch
4: yeah it's like a magic wand a magic yeah. wand yeah mm. um
0: but i did notice that it's used a lot in this story now what what do you feel because personally i you know you and i we both love a good sonic screwdriver mm. <laughs> um but i did feel that there was a couple of times where it was used an awful lot so it's used um uh, you know at the cash machine it's used um on mobile phones it's used um on computers it's used on doors it's used on you know quite a few things in this episode
4: so does that bother you or don't you mind it you think it's all good actually well it's funny you say that because i hadn't picked up on it watching this yesterday but now you've now you've pointed it out (laughs) yeah it's a very good point actually it does get used a lot in this doesn't Mm. it it's like like you said the cash machine and all that and the phone yeah i hadn't really noticed it but now you've pointed it out It does seem, perhaps it was. Oh, yeah. I guess it's it's used a lot to move the story on very quickly. I guess, Um, yeah. Maybe it's just because you know. I suppose at the time I'm watching this out of sequence, so I'm not. You know, if I'd watched the whole series before and there's loads of Sonic, and then you get this Christmas special and he's using the Sonic loads, maybe it would have bugged me. But watching it as a sort of separate standalone story, it didn't bother me. I'll be honest with you, but uh, it might do now. (laughs) Now I go back and when I go back and rewatch it, I might be sat there noticing it but it it didn't jump out as me as being overused but um but it is one thing i can't stand i mean it was more in the matt smith era for me it just drove me mad i mean he was just out he had that sonic in his hand all the time um whereas i don't think tenants doctor did it as much so but you are right it does get used a lot in this one to be fair
0: yeah yeah i'm not sure i mean it didn't really bother me too much as i was watching Um, but there was a couple of times where i thought uh, this doesn't really need doesn't really need the sonic to, I mean, it was, I really liked a couple of times it was used and it was quite funny where, um, the doctor sort of uses it on the cash point and it starts spitting out loads of money as, Oh, that's the yeah. distraction. Yeah. From when the, um, the robot Santas are about to open fire. That's it. Uh, yeah, he, he does that. the cash point and it. Yeah, yeah. That's a distraction. Yeah. But, um, and there's another time where, um, he uses it on the mobile phone when he's at, when Donna and, him and Donna arrive at her wedding reception that everyone's really enjoying themselves at. That's funny, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he borrows that guy's phone and he does a search for um, the name of the company where Lance and Donna work. That's and he it. gives it a bit of an extra buzz, you know, and it like goes whizzing off and gets all the information. So I quite like that. That's, you know, a couple of times it was used as cool, but I just, yeah, it was a couple of times where I thought, oh, you don't really need to to use it now. Mm. um but it didn't really detract too much i just wondered if you'd noticed how much it was used
4: no i must admit i didn't but it, it yeah i can see where you're coming from i'll tell you one thing that did slightly bug me because there's not there's not much actually in this episode that does i, mm. I, I enjoyed pretty much all of it um there were it was that that scene you were just talking about where they get to don's reception and uh and they're all having it without her. i thought was a really fun but then we get a bit of the doctor moping around after rose which um it doesn't actually bother me, but it kind of like, I suppose, cause that's all from the previous series. I was thinking, Oh yeah, let's just get on with the story. We don't need all this, but you know, the, the sort of Rose reference and the doctor moping around, you know, slightly, mm-hmm. cause that, that scene seemed to go on quite a while actually when he's, he's watching them dance and he has flashbacks to him and Rose sort of dancing, doesn't he yeah. from whatever yeah. story. And, um, yeah, it's not a big – didn't, it didn't really bother me, to be honest, but it did sort of take me out of the story a bit. I was just wanting it to move on at that point because, you know, you don't see Tom Baker's doctor moping around after Sarah Jane or anything like that. You know, it just seemed a little bit self-indulgent um, for, for a while. But, yeah, that's the only thing that really stood out to me. was yeah. the And the, the very last reference as well is um, her name was Rose and he's, he's still sort of,
5: yeah. you know,
4: going on about it. I mean, the, the, it's much better actually at the start where um, – donna finds rose's jacket on the side i Mm. mean that that for me is a better scene because you that's at the start and it would have just happened and i think that would have been nice if we would have just had that and then we'd have moved on after but yeah yeah yeah. but then we get a bit more moping around yeah because we have it
0: at the end as well in fact the very last sentence of the episode isn't it it's what was her name and her name was rose
4: i didn't like that as a last sentence i'll be honest
0: with you no i didn't he sort of chokes up a bit doesn't he it's like Mm -hmm. you know because the same as you i thought at the beginning it's okay because you, you know and I like it. And I like that Russell T. Davis does this where he acknowledges previous storylines and characters. He doesn't go too mad with it, but I think in this one he did over egg it just a little bit. And I I'll, think so. Yeah. And I would rather a more happier upbeat ending between him and the doctor at the end rather than, you know, he choking he's choking up about Rose and then he goes off quite moodily. Mm. Um
4: but Me too, mate, because I love that ending. Mm, I, I thought yeah. the scene between him and Donna at the end is is a great scene because she's like telling him, you know, go and find someone. And he's like, no, nah, I'm fine. She's like, no, 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 you, you need somebody to stop you. And I, and I thought, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loving this. Then he does the snow and, okay, it's a bit cheesy, but it's still great. Yeah. And then it's just that last line is, her name was Rose. It's like, oh, no, we, we've moved on. We've had a good adventure. You've done all the Rose stuff. Yeah. You know, I just didn't like that last line, but...
0: Yeah, I read you. They actually had to rein in a little bit of the whole Rose thing, you know, because they did film a scene where when Donna finds Rose's shirt, you know, the purple shirt that Rose had on, yeah, um, they actually filmed a scene where the doctor sort of gets quite angry and snatches it from her and goes to the doors and sort of just throws it out into space mm-hmm. Um and uh, and comes back in and he's, you know, he he's plays it a bit moody still. And they cut it out because it was just, they felt it was uh, just a bit OTT and a bit melodramatic. Mm. Um, so they actually had to dial in, you know, some of the whole, you know, angst and upset about Rose. And I'm glad they did because it's more than enough, you know, what we actually ended up with in the broadcast.
4: Yeah, I'm you know, glad story. they cut that. I'm glad they can. I can see why it was needed at the time. I just think when you're watching it as a standalone, it, it yeah. slightly slows the the story up a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, the only sort of one a tiny little ounce of sort of saving grace for me is, that, like you, I don't really agree with the last words of the story, and it does end on a little bit of a... But having said that, you know, that is what Doctor Who does very well sometimes, where it doesn't give you that happy ending that you were expecting. Mm. Sometimes it does leave you a little bit, not sad, but it leaves you a little bit kind of, uh, you know, un- you know, you were, cause it's a Christmas special when they're normally like, you know, to quote you earlier, a bit of a romp and a bit of a, mm. you know, a bit of an adventure. Um, you know, maybe we were expecting this, the episode to end on just a bit of a joke and a laugh between the two of them. And it does sort of hit you that, Oh, that's not what I was expecting it to end on, mm. so it does give you know. Sometimes Doctor Who sometimes is about melancholy and uh, and that stuff. So in a way, it doesn't end predictably, but at the same time, it's still a little
4: bit of a oh here we go,
0: yes. you know, more
4: Rose, more more mm. mentions of Rose. So it's a good point actually because it's a t- sort of talking about the ending. It's it does for such a because a lot of there is a lot of comedy in this and it is quite light-hearted especially at the beginning when we do get to the end it does suddenly t- take a quite a serious tone yeah. like when the doctors like you know we i just mentioned about uh, donna reining the doctor in saying you can stop now that scene is actually quite nasty mm-hmm. uh in terms of like you've got the Arachnos creature, which is, I think, a little underused, but is great when she actually comes into it, the Ragnos, and she's going my children, my children, and it seems to go on forever, and the Doctor's yeah. just killing them all, and I was thinking, this is quite dark stuff mm-hmm. for for what has been quite a light episode, and like you said, I think that's, like, you know, it's quite a good thing, because if you'd have had all the humour right to the end, you know, the episode wouldn't be as good, But but I was sat there thinking, this is this is quite dark for something going out on Christmas day. You know, it's a family slot. Like that's, she's really screeching like about her kid, children being murdered by the doctor. who's just stood there and seems to have lost the plot for, you know, for a minute. <laughs> He's really like lost it at that point. And Donna's like, yeah. you know, brings him back down to earth and it's a, uh, I think it's quite a powerful scene, personally. I think it's a, it's a, quite a dark scene, but I think it's quite... A, because it really pushes Donna to the forefront. It just yeah. shows that yeah. the Doctor needed somebody because he's, I don't know, he's <laughs> he's just sort of, I don't know, lost it at that point, is not he? Yeah, that's
0: an amazing scene, that.
4: It is a great scene, yeah. Yeah, and it is
0: dark be- because... And we they have touched on it a few times in Doctor Who, where... Um... And well, an example I can think of would be a town called Mercy, where mm-hmm. the doctor is more than willing to just you know fling this guy over the the border, so that the cyborg can have him. And it's Amy that says, you know, we don't do this. That's not. How oh we, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, yeah. that's not how we do things. So, so and and there was another example as well with Tenant, and I can't remember, but they've touched on it a few times where the doctor needs somebody to travel with. He he mm. needs that sort of voice of reason to. To bring him down and say, you know, you've got you know that you, you can't just be doing that. And and it's an amazing scene because um Tennant plays it brilliantly. He's not saying anything, but the look on his face as the water sort of pouring over him, he's mm. got this kind of iron face, this iron stare where and what's also great about it is just before that we have the reveal where very seriously he says about he's from Gallifrey. Mm. And, you know, the Empress, she starts kicking off because, um, at one point in time, which we didn't know at this point, but the Time Lords have murdered all the Ragnos.
4: Yeah. You know, so, got rid of this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and then when he pushes the button and he starts flooding the chamber and killing, it's really, um, intense and you can see Donna's like angry, you know, she's properly scared at that point, mm. you know, cause he just won't stop. And it's her that says
4: you can stop now and And she's got the compassion, hasn't she? Because that's what I love about the the scene of them just talking outside a house. It's like she's talking about Lance and she says, Well, he deserved to die. And the doctor just looks at her and goes, You don't really mean that though, do you? And she's like, Not really. So she's like, and that's quite you know, I think that's the humor the human side of Donna is is and yeah. something we can relate to is that we say things in anger, saying, Well, they deserve that. But we know that we wouldn't really wish it upon them, and it shows yeah. that she's the good person, you know. And it shows that the Doctor knows it as well. So that's again, that's what I love about those two together. Is this is this the way they just bounce off each other like that, you know? Yeah. So.
0: And th- and they use that very well in Series Four with Donna. Oh yes. Um. One one example that springs to mind is a Planet of the UED.
4: Yes. Yeah. Is it Planet get, of the Ud Where yes, where Donna's um horrified at what's happening to her. yeah
0: and there's a there's a a scene where the doctor lets her hear the the song that's right and it's just a terrible moment for her Mm. because she can feel the heartache and all the bad you know so they do play on that with Donna's very Donna's character very well and Mm. I think that's what makes Catherine Tate so great as this character because a lot of it is just up front you know it's like a it's like a shield for her almost all this kind of bolshiness and humor and um, shoutiness and stuff like that. It's very much a shield for what she's really like, yeah. uh, you know, and they play that duality very well where she's very, you know, typical London girl. She's very shouty and, you know, dare I say it, she's a bit common at times and, mm. and all that. But then there's that real sign to her that's just so compassionate and, you know, she, and, and I think that's what they play onto with the doctor needing somebody like that yeah. with him, because otherwise you'll just, didn't they, didn't they touch on it in the waters of Mars at the end of that, where he's like, you know, the time Lord victorious. And that's right. When he
4: really loses it. Yeah. yeah he's got nobody. He's like, well, what, what, what have I got to lose? I'm the, it's only me left. What am I even worried about? You know, yeah. Mm. He, yeah which is a, a phenomenal scene. Yeah. Um, but you think about that and then you think about um, The Fires of Pompeii where Donna says, you know, you can save that one family, can't you? And he's like, no. And she sort of talks him into it, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, funny enough, it's Peter Cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that scene as well where she's just like, she can't bear to see, you know, to see all these people die. She's, you know, that's what I love about Donna is the compassion. Um, and also, like you said, she is a bit common. That's the but, but also that makes us so much more relatable. Like when yeah. when old Lance is throwing everything at her and running her into the ground saying, yeah, having to sit there watching X Factor and drinking wine, you know, and you're just thinking all the things that, you know, lots of us do. And it's just like, yeah, you know, she's one of us, Donna. She's the person that, you know, she, that we root for, that we relate to, and uh, you know, and it's that's who the doctor needs with him, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I love that end scene. As I said, even I can put up with the last line, but I just think they're they're so great together in that end bit. For, from that bit where he's going mad, and she's just like, oh, and I mustn't forget, <laughs> I laugh so much, and I knew it was coming when she swings down he's like i'll catch you and she, <laughs> and she swings down and the next thing you see is of you know spread out on the floor in her wedding dress because she's she's hit the, the oh wall. yeah yeah she's, uh, <laughs> i, just, I just thought it's so funny i really did like you know it, you could see it coming a mile off but it was still really funny just because she's in her wedding dress and that isn't it yeah so and she's really some,
0: grumpy she's like thanks yeah or something and then she just sort of flops down and then we're <laughs> but, back into the story.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a really funny moment in the middle of a very um, serious situation. And it's, it mm. works brilliantly, I thought. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's, uh, initially when I first watched it, I thought, oh, that's a little bit too cartoony. Yeah. A bit slapsticky. But now after, I've you know, I've, I must have seen this one like four or five times, I suppose now. Mm. And the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. It's just the, a really funny little, um, cool moment you know, that I think we need those moments in it to make it a Christmas, you know, because a Christmas special yeah, yeah. needs to be, you know, a little bit more exaggerated at times because it's meant to be all the family at Christmas day. You've all had dinner and you've had a few drinks, you know, it needs to be something really fun most of the time to watch. Mm. Yeah, So I, I do appreciate it. Yeah.
4: And a lot of this is fun. I think I kept thinking that all the way through, cause I, I watched this at Christmas when it was on, um, I can't remember if I was with my family or not. I probably would have been because we were always together at Christmas. But Mm -hmm. as I I think I said on a few podcasts back, we used to, Doctor Who used to be on in our house every Christmas. um, And it hasn't, over the last few years, it just hasn't been on. I've given up trying to watch it and I always watch it when I come back on my own. But back in the sort of tenant era, we would always it on and watch it as a family although not necessarily everyone <laughs> would be listening to it but they would laugh at the right moments and then chat and you know and I'm sure that this this would have gone down really well I can't remember now but you know uh, moments like that would have definitely got a laugh you know <laughs> from from who I was with and stuff yeah
0: yeah and I think um before we move on to um Donna and David Tennant and, and Lance's character in more detail um mm-hmm. we mentioned um the direction I think all of the scene because there's a quite a lot going on in this story um, because we have like the external shots when they're in uh, Cardiff, which is supposed to be Oxford street. Um, we have the office block stuff. We have the basement stuff. We have the really funny um, uh, CGI moments when they're on top of the, the flood um, barriers on, oh, on yeah. the Thames and stuff. forgot about that. Yeah. We have the church, we have the TARDIS interiors. We have lots and lots of different things going on. And I, and I do think that Euroslind has just did a, an incredible job in making sure that they're all kind of integrated nicely. Mm. You know, you don't think... Because when I was watching it, I didn't think, oh, wow, we've suddenly jumped from an outside shot to a, to a studio shot, and it's really jarring. You know, I didn't think that, you know, it's disjointed in any way. I think it was done really well to flow from start to finish. All these different locations and sets... And it just works. And we have obviously the big set at the end with the Ragnos and the big tunnel and, mm. you know, all that stuff. So I think it, it, was, it was done really, really well. And um, when you look through Euros Lin's um, stuff that he's done, it's no wonder because I think he did quite a lot of Doctor Who. He did The End of the World all the way through to The End of Time. He's done like nine or 10 episodes of Doctor Who. Right. Um. But then he went on to do Torchwood and Sherlock and Broadchurch and um. Loads of different things. So it's no wonder he's you know he's landed some cool directing gigs because Mm. I personally think that he's a really really good director.
4: Yeah, definitely. As soon as I saw the name come up, I definitely thought, oh. We like him. I'm sure we've mentioned him before saying he was good. Um, You just mentioned Torchwood as well. And I completely forgot that um, Torchwood gets a nod in this episode as well. Like when they're going in the basement underneath, you can see the Torchwood sign and the doctor says it was something they were working on or I can't remember now, but Yeah. yeah, I forgot about all that. So again, a nice little reference to, all the stuff going on in the RTD era there, but not too in your face. It's just mm. there if you know what it is and, you know, and all that. Yeah. Cause the doctor does
0: mention it a couple of times. I think when he searches for it on the phone, HC Clements, the name of the company, he does his little Sonic thing and it zooms off through the internet and it says owned by Torchwood. And then you think, right. Ooh, yeah. I read <laughs> you now. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he mentions it as well to Donna a couple of times, but, uh, yeah. So you were saying he directed the, um, what was it? Uh, actually it's interesting because the the children of earth
4: torchwood stuff oh one of my that's one of my favorites yeah of the series actually yeah anyone that's
0: seen that will probably know how great that looks and how mm. brilliantly that's directed so um yeah great stuff yeah hats from, off yeah uh, let's talk about some characters then so quite quiet on supporting cast we have donna's mum yeah. pop up a <laughs> couple of times and she gives her a hard time doesn't she there's that great scene where they're all having a good old time at the reception, and she turns up with the doctor, very yeah. perturbed that everyone's enjoying themselves. And her mum sort of starts going off on one, "Oh, your little attention-seeking stuff," and and then Donna does the little cry, the little weeping thing, gives the doctor a little wink, and uh, that's, that's a really nice scene, actually, isn't it? Because it's at that point the doctor realises that he's got her number. He, he knows yeah. exactly what she's. He, he's only been with her what a matter of hours, you know, and he knows exactly what she's like because he has that little smile on his face, like oh
4: yeah. She knows how to play the family, how to yeah. play the,
0: the game, yeah.
4: Even the supporting cast are good in that scene. You know, the guy who's got the video camera, he gets a tiny little scene with the doctor. Even he's really good and really funny, isn't he? The Welsh <laughs> guy is like, yeah. cause He's like, because he's filmed it all, isn't he? And he's saying, oh, I should send it off to whatever. And even he's good. And he's like, like a minor little mm. character in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's a great scene. We also have Neris as well. Um, oh, Donna's yeah. Donna's <laughs> supposedly best mate. Nerys. Nerys, yeah. She <laughs> pops up in the end of time, doesn't she, as when Donna's actually getting married for real—that's right, yeah. Um, and then we have Jeff as well, Donna's dad. He's in the church. Yeah, um, he has a couple of conversations with uh, with Donna's mum, old Silv. Um, And that's it, really, for supporting cast. The vicar's quite funny as well. He's calling the old Bill because <laughs> he says he's got a wedding coming up, but the current one won't leave. And oh, that's right, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So the supporting cast—I don't have a big role to play, but they're they're good. I would say, the little scenes that they are in it.
4: Yeah, they're all on right, there. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, and then yeah, Lance is sort of gets a bit of a bigger role. Um, he's okay. He's not brilliant, but he does the job. I was going you know to say, I mean?
0: yeah. So uh, Don Gillett, who plays Lance, I I recognised him instantly, obviously, because he was in EastEnders for a long time. Oh, that's where I know him from, right, okay. Yeah, he played uh, Lucas in, um, in EastEnders, uh, uh, another bad character. Mm -hmm. so he plays the bad guy very well and um yeah i wasn't sort of blown away hello hello getting nagged at by the cat Uh, i wasn't sort of blown away by some of his acting chops if you like i thought that Mm -hmm. he had a combination of uh, being a bit theater with it and also um sort of over egging it a little bit like there's that one scene where he's standing with the rachnos and it's the realization that he's been sort of setting Donna up over the last however many months. Um, and he, you know, when he's really shouting at her, like.
4: Yeah, that's quite. that's a, He's being really harsh because he? he creeps up behind the rack loss of an act, but it's all just a bit of a joke. And yeah. 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 That's probably the, the only bit where he gets to sort of shine and be Mr. Nasty. But that's know. what
0: I mean. In that scene there where he's really going for it. you Mm. you can tell that he's been directed to be really nasty. Yeah. They really want the audience to hate him at that point because Mm. he's been really nasty to Don. It's really well written, actually, because he's he's really portraying her as this bimbo, thick-headed, you know. He actually calls her thick, doesn't he, a couple of times. Mm. And he's like, you know, the highlight of the week is the new flavor Pringle and, you know, all these crappy shows. And he's been really horrible to her.
4: There's a great line, actually, that uh, I thought as when um, she says, but I loved you. And he says, yeah, that's what made it easy. Yeah. And I, was... I thought, Oh, what a great, you know, God, talk about that final stab in the back. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good line because it's... it's quite true, isn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah. Up, up to that point, though, I thought that he was just, yeah, I, he wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't mm. bad, but I didn't really think... You know, because he has a couple of little digs at the Doctor as well, and, you know, and yeah. it's it's quite good. But I didn't really think, oh, you know, this guy's brilliant. You know, I'm really taken with this guy. I just thought he wasn't bad. He was sort of in-betweeny. Yeah, yeah. But that scene where he's really going for it, you know, against Dono, I thought he was pretty good there.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, he's all right in that bit, but he's yeah. just a bit wetting it up to so then, is he? Yeah. Doesn't really stand out, yeah.
0: Um, uh, let's talk about the Rachnos Empress then, played yes. by Sarah Parrish. Mm. Uh, from, well, I, I thought she did a fantastic performance as the Ragnos. She's properly going for it and all that makeup and everything. And uh, and that whole suit she had to wear. I mean, she was it must so have been, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say she must have been really, really uncomfortable. Mm, but she I, properly goes for it, though.
4: I thought she was great. I've heard people say she's a bit pantomime in it. I, I don't agree. I, th- I think she was brilliant in it and um i love the design of the rachnos as well this weird Mm. spider-like crab-like i don't know it's a really unusual design like the head gear that she's got on you know like the the actual you know the the facial sculpt is, is brilliant um no i thought she was great in it mate i i really like you said i feel like she's you know going for it she's she's really trying to give a good performance and i i think she's properly sort of I was going to say nasty, but in terms of the character, quite scary, quite villainous, a a tad pantomime if you want, but I I thought she was brilliant. And like I said, the costume, I've never seen how they actually did it. Like if she was stood up in it or what, but can't have been very comfortable to wear, I shouldn't imagine. And um, no, I think she looks great. Love the design, like her performance, no qualms with her at all. If anything, I would have liked to have seen a bit more yeah.
5: um,
4: of yeah. her because she does come into the episode very late, doesn't she? Like, she's sort of the main villain of the piece, but we don't really get to see her till the last 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, we could have seen a bit more of her, I think. I, I love the design of her spaceship as well. You know, the, um, it's like a, what is it? Oh, like oh, a the starfish? Yeah. The web the star? Or whatever. Just a lovely, simple design. Mm. And when it's shooting you know laser bolts down to earth it just looks fantastic i thought
0: very cool so yeah
4: Yeah. very nice design work going on the episode so but she was good i liked her
0: yeah i thought she was really good and if you need to put a face a proper face to 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 the actress if anyone saw the last series of Broadchurch, oh yeah she played um uh, the character of kath so the guy who owns the garage who got accused quite early on her husband her you know, the woman that works in the shop and her husband owns the oh, garage. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the lady that got, who had the unfortunate incident, yeah, her best friend with the blonde
4: hair. Oh, oh, her. Yes. I didn't know it was her. Yeah. Uh, hey, right, right, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I can know, sort of see that. It, yeah, I hadn't, had not realised. Yeah. it's yeah. Her, yeah.
0: So if anyone needs to put a face to the Ragnos. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of. She'd been in that recently, but... Um,
4: but yeah, she does a good cackle, doesn't she? Cack, 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 cack. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. but I thought she had the the um, the voice spot on. You know, mm-hmm. I thought she had the movement and everything. She just had a real alien, you know, quite horrible way about her because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, she's a giant spider. <laughs> you know, so and what the, I mean that must have been great for her to land that because. There's no rules in that role, is there? Nobody can tell you how a giant spider's supposed to act and supposed right. to be. It's like you just do whatever you want with it. So she must have been rubbing her hands together. This is amazing. But she I thought she was great. I just when, like you, I want to see more of her.
4: And when she's screaming about her children as well, she you know, it's it's properly horrible. Um mm. she's really sort of acting under that suit really well I thought because it it sells it to me she's properly going for it and she my children it's it's horrible you know it's it's yeah she's really good in it
0: very very good um Donna Noble then Catherine Tate I know we've spoken a bit about her already mm-hmm. um but I am so glad that the fans took to her character yeah in this because we've mentioned it a few times before when Catherine Tate was cast there was massive online. What the hell are, are they doing? You know, we don't want some stupid one liner comedian, you know, playing this in Doctor Who. What are they, you know? Mm. I think there was more negative reaction than there was positive um, when she was cast. But then, crikey, did she land, you know, in Doctor Who with a bang? You know, mm. the, I think she just, there are some scenes where she just takes over, and rightly so. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't realize how good an actress she is yeah, because they're used to seeing her as just sort of silly sketches and, you know, these little comedic bits, but she's got a great range to, I mean, she plays like real sort of heartache and and upset really well. She's obviously very funny, um, but she also plays it quite straight at times as well, which is needed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I think she's one of the best characters in modern Doctor Who. I really do. I think she's got such a, she just made such an impact when she came on and then we didn't see her for a bit. And then when she came back, it was just brilliant watching her in it, you know, as a regular. Yeah. It was just so good. So I don't know about you, how you feel about her character and, and Catherine take, but I think she's brilliant.
4: Well, well, hands up. I was one of those that when she got announced, um, as full-time companion, I was just like, are you kidding me? No way. This is <laughs> going to be disaster. Blah, blah, blah. She is one of my, you know, I mean, I was totally wrong. Hands up. She is one of my favorite characters uh, since the sh- show returned. Um, I think she's still my favorite companion. And Bill gave her a bit of um, run for her money, actually. <laughs> uh, I thought Bill was really good. But, but I still actually like Donna the best. I think she's my favorite companion since the series returned. She, you know, she does bring the comedy to it. As I said, in the start of this episode, they she is a little bit like one of her characters from her sketch show, where she's doing the whole, what did she say you are. And I can't remember like the whole beginning bit in the TARDIS. Oh, she yeah. is a little yeah. bit, she is a little bit caricature at the start. Um, but I, I, I loved her in this episode and she just goes on to be fantastic mm. in series four. I mean, they really bring home her character development in series four. Um, so she's, in my memory, I was thinking she was a bit sort of hit and miss in this, in this one because I thought she didn't really find her feet to the, the full series, series four. But going back and watching it, no, she's, apart from the first 10 minutes, When once she settles into it, she's fantastic in it. The scenes with Tenant, where she's, you know, just bringing the performance down, a fan, you know, really, really strong, especially the end where she's telling him to rein it in. You know, yeah, she, she's great in it. I, I really, really like her performance. I'd, I'd happily watch this again and again. I enjoyed this, this story a lot. And, and most of that is because of her. Yeah. You know, and her and Tennant together. They're, they're just, just brilliant.
0: Yeah. yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any lapse in her character either. When we see, no. after we've seen her in this, and then she pops up again in Partners in Crime. Yeah. I think. Um, there, it's almost like she was never gone yeah that's right yeah she i mean that's real uh, a testament to her as 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 an actress really because she just goes straight back into it as mm. donna noble and it's yeah it's brilliant but in this particular episode um i was quite surprised at some of the scenes where she's because i initially i thought she was just going to be very very shouty and funny and that was going to be mm. it um, yeah. yeah i was quite surprised at some of the scenes where she does get to play it a bit quieter and you know she's upset a few times so but yeah i think she's great in this
4: really cool. that, that's when she's at her best actually you know yeah. i love the scene of her and, and Tennant together on that um, skyscraper or whatever the, the the rooftop building oh yeah and they're just yeah. that, that's a lovely quiet scene of them just staring out you know, on the buildings and just having a chat, getting to know each other. And he gives her the ring And He's saying, Oh, this will protect you um, with this <laughs> ring. I the buy a damn or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a lovely scene. And that's for me where she really starts to, yeah. to yeah. win me over. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm. What about tenant in this? Great. And much better than I remember, which might sound strange because I do like David Tennant's doctor, but, He's really good in this, and I, I don't know why it surprises me, but it does. I think I often think of him as sort of going through the motions a bit, especially in the Christmas special early on. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just was surprised how how engaging he is on screen. I kind of, I think I felt in my memory that perhaps Donna overshadowed him a bit in this story, um, but rewatching it again yesterday, I realised that actually they're just they're both electric when they're on screen and uh he's he's really good in it absolutely i can't fault his performance one jot in this story um yeah i'm gonna agree with that mate yeah i
0: am um, it, it always does shock you just how brilliant he is at times yeah as, as that character i mean i mean in this he plays yeah he does have his mopey moments and he mm. does have those moments where he's a bit shouty like he does have in some episodes but i think that's just part of I think that's very, very intentional on his part. He's just really, just, and he's properly going for it. And and the thing I like about, there are some episodes with Tennant, and this is one of them, where we see all of the emotions from Tennant played so well. He has these funny moments, he has his dark moments, he's somber, he's, you know, just, and there's also these funny moments where he's just very um, observational, Where he's kind of in the scene, but you know that there's one scene where, like, when they go to the wedding reception, and it's all about Donna, and he's just kind of there, and he gives her that little smile when she winks at him, and then he just hangs out at the bar, you know, taking it in, just yeah, and he's and he's Mm. not really doing much, but he's he's just playing it very well still, Mm. um, and and I just love that about some episodes that he's in where we just see all of that stuff from him in a short space of time. And at the end of it, you just sit there and think, "Crikey, that was good," and "Crikey, he was good."
4: This is definitely one for me. I definitely, I mean, that I really did feel that. Like when he goes off in the TARDIS at the end, I really thought to myself, Tennant was bang on in that episode." You know, yeah. he he really was because there are there are times when I mean, it feels like he's really thrown himself into it. And I I wonder if a lot of that's due to the chemistry of him and Tate. But he feels like he's really thrown himself into this episode. But mm-hmm. if I compare it to him in um what's the one with the red bus planet of the dead is it you know the one with the bus in the desert and for me that one just feels like he's just i don't know just sort of going through the motions a bit it's not you know he's giving a bit of anger he's giving a bit of comedy but it doesn't feel like he's giving 100 percent to me looking at that story i mean when we reviewed it i felt exactly the same watching this back i can see that he's giving everything like in the scene in the taxi chase he's rocking all over the place and he's really throwing himself into the part and um yeah absolutely bang on in this one for me yeah
0: i agree mate yeah totally agree uh, anything else you want to mention before we get on to scores
4: no i just want to ask you what you thought of murray's music because there it is very it is very prominent in this episode uh-huh. being a Christmas special they always seem to ramp up the the music even more and it it for me, very good, but at times a little intrusive. But I do love the song at Don, Donna's wedding, the Rome, what is it? Love's Got a Rome or something. His uh, uh, That song that he yeah. composed. That, yeah. yeah. So a, a little bit OTT at times for me. At the beginning, like a lot of um, what I would call fast music. Diddle-a-da, it's all very jolly. A mm-hmm. little bit over the top at times, but still very good. I just wondered how you felt about his score.
0: Um, yeah, I thought it was a little bit, uh, Well, I didn't have any complaints to be honest with you, Uh, but it does. Over uh, this was one issue that we have with um, the pre, well, actually, with most of modern who, where the the music does thunder in quite heavily at times, so the balance doesn't seem to be there, where it's quiet and then all of a sudden it's like bang, it's like whoa, you know, the music's in your face, and which is kind of cool for the action sequences. But yeah, it does. I see what you mean.
4: There's a lot of big band in this one, isn't there? But then it's yeah. a Chris' special. We tend to get that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no real complaints, but it, there were just the odd moment where I was like, God, blimey. <laughs> Rain mm-hmm. it in a bit, Murray. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, nothing else for me. The only thing that um, I wish I had a and it's not related to the review of the episode, but um, when the Doctor Who experience was in London, they had the full-size Ragnos model on display, and they've not had oh, it at Cardiff. Wow. No. yeah like the they made a full-on proper detailed life-size thing for some of the shots and it looks really good but they've never shown it at cardiff for some reason but yeah wish i'd have seen that when it was in london but
4: yeah i'd love to see that yeah. i wonder where wonder where it is wonder where yeah. it's in storage in yeah. someone's
0: garage somewhere
4: <laughs> maybe the legs have fell off maybe it needs <laughs> a bit of a uh, repair work done
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah nothing else to mention mate let's get on to it i think it's my turn to go first yeah uh, and i'm going to give this a nine out of ten a nine yeah i love it
4: you love it um i'm slightly behind you i'm an eight a very strong eight i, I very much enjoyed it oh cool. cool but not quite a nine for me but an eight
0: not quite a nine that's fair enough good score uh right what do our beautiful listeners think mm. uh, let's get we got uh, a few audios in let's do the first one uh this is uh sammy satine
2: g'day gary and adam sammy satine here Donna, my favorite new series companion i bloody love donna i miss this era so much I find it interesting listening to the Empress of the Raknos after they appeared in Big Finish's Classic Doctor's New Monsters Volume 2. She's great and sounds pretty much the same in both. There's so much I could say about this story but not enough time. Lance is an absolute <laughs> poor Donna. I like the robot Santas. Someone bring them back! And of course, David is brilliant. He's my doctor and an amazing actor. I just love him. I also want to mention the kids' reactions to the TARDIS on the freeway. They were great. Oh, 10 out of 10. See ya.
4: 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, I heard that that expletive deletive creeping in there.
0: Yeah, I had to censor mm. uh, Sammy there. Her aussie mm. her mm-hmm. Aussiness, uh kind of got the better of it <laughs> issue. But yeah, thank you very much, Sammy. 10 out of 10. Okay. Wow. Uh, over on Twitter, Davros says The Runaway Bride was action who at its peak. Uh, mm. Fast and Furious from the off, and the chase sequence was James Bond esque. Uh, it was not the greatest episode, but it is one of the better Christmas specials. So 7.5. Glad you mm. boys are back. Cheers. Uh, let's do another audio clip. Uh, this is Joe Sweeney.
6: The Runaway Bride is one of the is one of my top three favourites in the Modern Who era and, and it's up there with The Snowman and Voyage of the Damned. Um and also I've I, I thought it was new, it was fresh, and, and also it's a it has a combination of um action-packed a little bit. There's um it's fun, silliness and, um, and it's light-hearted as well and and Donna I really adore Donna she's she's more um she's more um, um she's more feisty um in with her character and uh, and also her her and the doctor make such a perfect duo and that's why I really like 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 them in in series four because because they're just so perfect together and 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 I, and I would say Donna is one of my favorite companions along with um bill and martha and david tennant was just superb in it as always um, the Ragnos was okay um but i do like the, the, the uh, um and uh, um, what do you call them um the killer santas and the sick and the or the or the but um overall a very good episode so i'll give a score of 7.5 no eight no ah oh, what the heck
4: uh, um eight out of ten hope you're podcast guys
6: be soon take care bye bye for now
0: thank you joe
4: cheers joe struggling to decide a score there which i can relate to actually
0: yeah, yeah. went with than eight not bad mm. yes uh back on twitter Dooley says cannot wait for this one intrigued to see what your views are as it's a very mixed episode amongst fans mm. Mm. Uh, daniel fox says an hour of fun donna and Tennant's dynamic is great to watch a great script And a treat from Russell. I love the car chase scene. He gives it a 9 out of ten. Nine, Same as you. Yeah. Uh, Over on Facebook, Lee Clow says, arguably the weakest RTD Christmas special, but still better than most of Moffat's.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh,
0: He says it's a strong episode with lots of humour, which is needed at Christmas, but still containing some serious scenes. Tennant is always brilliant, uh, and his performance, especially in the scene when killing the Ragnos' children. Uh, Donna is brilliant at showing a very dynamic uh, a very different dynamic between a Doctor and a Companion uh, than that that what we've seen in the previous series. Uh, very enjoyable. 6.5. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, continuing with the audio stuff, this is Owen Daly.
1: Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So the Runaway Bride, 2006 Christmas special. This is not necessarily a bad Christmas special, but it's not really one of the greats. Um, it's just average, I think. It's an average episode. I wouldn't rush back to watch it, but I would enjoy it when I watch it. It's fun. It's quick. It's... um. It's not over-the-top Christmassy, and it's just a bit, it's just a great watch, I think. Um, introduces Donna, a great companion, It has great villains. The Rachnos, I really like them, and I was really happy uh, when they returned in this month's Classic Doctors New Monsters 2. Uh, I think Lance, uh, Lance, whatever his surname was, he was a great villain. You really do hate him at the end. And the I think just, it's a great story. Uh, David Tennant's great in it, especially at the end. Um when he nearly overkills the Ragnos and you have Donna trying to tell him to stop I think that's a really powerful moment and I think David Tennant really gives this his all so overall I think I do like uh, sorry I do like The uh, Runaway Bride Uh, I'll give it a 7 out of 10 it's just a solid story thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show 7
4: 7 yes 7 his surname was Bennett by the way I've got it in front of me Lance Bennett ah there we go that's the the evil name
0: Uh, continuing on Facebook Miles McKenzie says he absolutely adores this episode uh, love David and Catherine's chemistry. Uh, one thing I love is how much fun it is. Uh, mm. However, the Rack- for the Ragnos, it wasn't much. and uh, would have loved to have seen uh, more of her, but those final scenes more than make up for it. Uh, he gives it a 9 out of 10. Okay, yeah, 9. Uh, Maria Kalitajil says, I really enjoyed this Christmas special more than any other. I think uh, it's the one I've watched most. David and Catherine are fabulous together. My favourite pairing in the Tenth Doctor's era. Mm. Uh, she goes on to say the motorway chase is thrilling seeing the TARDIS flying through the motorway and the children getting all over excited when Donna is saved and the TARDIS disappears a child's fantasy fulfilled Um, I like seeing the darkness in the doctor against the Ragnos and Donna stopping him Uh, Sarah Parrish is a is a decent if melodramatic villain it was all great fun yes Dean Jones not the best story but good fun tenant and take work brilliantly off of each other well paced Uh, I like some but not all of the humor and Marigold once again does a good job with the music. Uh, Donna can be a little bit Marmite every now and then, uh, but couldn't have done it, couldn't have, could not have done without the sequence of the kids cheering in the car.
4: Oh, uh, I like that bit.
0: Yeah. And since my opinions on Rose Tyler have changed, uh, the constant mentions do take out of the story slightly. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven out of ten. Fair enough. Uh, let's do another audio clip. Uh, this is Loopy Lou.
2: Okay, you know what? I just loved absolutely Everything about this episode. So instead of the usual review, I'm going to read you a little poem we wrote. There once was a runaway bride who drank coffee and very nearly died. The rachnos was beaten and Lance was eaten. Thanks to the doctor, Donna survived. <laughs> I will just add one little thing, and that is that I thought Sarah Parish was absolutely phenomenal as the Queen rachnos She's just she's just brilliant. Uh, so I would give this a ten out of ten.
0: 10 oh, I love the poem very good poem thank you yeah, very much Lee. brilliant uh, 10 out of 10 wow
4: 10 out of 10
0: uh, let's rattle through these last few ones on Facebook and we've got our last audio clip so Martin Arnold says if there ever was an episode for which the score 7 out of 10 was made for it's this one a <laughs> uh, straight down the line average fun who episode not outstanding not awful uh, the Ragnos was a decent villain who had personality and even some pathos uh, I've, I've seen worse but I've also seen better at least the Doctor was awake this time around.
3: And yes, a, a, a true. A
0: little <laughs> dig there to the Christmas invasion. Leslie Shergold says, the most positive thing I can say is that the Runaway Bride was bang on average. Uh, Donna is great throughout series four and proves the doubters wrong, but only becomes tolerable in this from the rooftop scene onwards. Oh, uh, yeah, Sarah uh, Parrish hams it up with extra relish as the Ragnos and Tennant holds it all together. Five out of ten okay uh sir jake of the burt whistle says i really like this episode i thought donna was amazing no wonder they brought her back for series four the only problem i have is lance was a bit annoying but other than that nine out of ten yeah uh joseph howarth oh dear god this thing this christmas special god help me uh all right um let's get a few positives out of the way tenant is brilliant um uh and is pretty much introduced to the Doctor's Darker side, the 10th Doctor's Darker side. TARDIS, get off. Just wants to be on the podcast. She does. Every week now, doesn't she? Mm. She just, yeah. Go away. Ridiculous animal. Right. Um, Joseph Howarth goes on to say, uh, the killer Santa's and the killer Christmas trees again. That's just lazy writing, um, Mm. as they were used from the Christmas invasion. Um, And anyone before... And before anyone chews me out for saying this, Donna Noble is one of my favourite companions, plain and simple. Uh, Probably one of the best new series, uh, probably the best new series come up with, or maybe in the entire show itself. Uh, But that doesn't stop her from having a bad first appearance, oh dear. Uh, She was obnoxious, annoying, spoiled and otherwise rude to the Doctor at many points in the story. Oh dear. It oh uh, goes on to say, I can see Russell T. Davis was at least trying with this one, but not the worst special. The, that honour goes to The Husbands of River Song. Oh. But it's still not great either, and he can only rate it a
4: 4.5. Oh dear, not impressed with it.
0: Uh, Jake Bottomley says, this was the first Christmas special that I saw. Really enjoyed the story and the characters. I'll give it a 7.5. Jason Thayer, I fell in love with Donna right away, they were hilarious, rehashing the robot sentence was a bit much, but 8 out of 10, and lastly, Dooley Johnson says, I thought the episode was alright, the thing I liked most about it was setting up the future episodes like Turn Left and Donna's returning Partners of Crime, uh, since Donna had already seen the TARDIS and understood everything, we didn't get the annual O, my goodness, it's bigger on the inside
4: true yeah
0: in the first episode of series four which made me happy because that can get old quickly true. and our final audio clip this is lewis palmer
3: hey big Boo box podcast guys um this is weird i haven't sent in an audio clip before but maybe this will become a regular thing maybe not who knows but i wanted to do it for the runaway bride because i feel like i can't really uh voice my thoughts for this story in just a uh you know, a written review. So I will do this audio clip. Anyway, it's been 22 seconds, I better get on with the review. I always liked The Runaway Bride. I always thought it was a fun story, nice easy watch. Uh, I find the Ragnos quite creepy and scary. I think it's the human eyes, it just, ugh, quite creepy and the way she talks and everything. I like to see the return of of the pilot fish, albeit with a slight redesign. Uh, and uh, it's got some great lines as well Santa's a robot Uh, Mm -hmm. I really like the introduction to Donna I think the action scene in the on the sort of motorway is really cool yeah I just I really like it Uh, seven out of ten for me see you guys later
4: thank you very much Lewis cheers Lewis you should make it a regular thing save our vocal cords Lewis absolutely (laughs) mate
0: yes Uh, (laughs) So that's going to do for all the official stuff did you have anything through on the geeks handbag
4: Yeah, just a couple. I'll route through these. So Charlie Turner says uh, this story is spectacular. The first adventure to feature the best companion of the revived series, Donna Noble. He gives it nine out of ten. Matt Whelan, a fantastic festive special with a great storyline, some really funny moments with Catherine, stunning visuals, particularly the scene of the TARDIS chasing a taxi down the motorway. Uh, it's his second favourite Christmas special after Voyage of the Damned. He gives it nine out of ten as well. A nine, wow. A nine, nine, so two nines. Hendrix Chaplin, uh, one of the best Christmas specials, lighter than the normal episode, silly and wonderful. Runaway Bride was perfect for Christmas Day romp. It's fun, <laughs> seven out of ten. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, i love that rob jones just finished it in my new who marathon and it's an incredible story he says full of humor and excitement like any christmas special should be I'd love to see more christmas specials done like this under chibnall's era especially with guest stars as a companion thanks rob patrick sherwood fantastic story love it to pieces one of the best doctor who stories in the new series he says and he gives it a 10 out of 10 wow and finally jake Kant simply says i love it <laughs> so like, mate all positive actually A like nines out of the uh, nine out of tens there so a few tens as well yeah. and a 10 yeah yeah a few um sort of fours and fives but
0: i think overall yeah positive positive mm. Positive stuff so that's a runaway bride yeah i'm
4: certainly glad we revisited it i'll tell you now because um i was surprised how much i enjoyed this one mate i'm really glad that i went back and watched it yeah it's all good yeah.
0: uh what we're going to do next week birdie
4: next week so back to the classic era and a pertwee story and i've got to get this right cuz he's got a couple of dalek ones isn't he <laughs> but this one we are reviewing is going to be death to the daleks
0: as in death to death the daleks to the daleks going to be awesome watching some pertwee <laughs> because i really wanted to watch some pertwee after we did our top 5 and we spoke about inferno and some other stories mm. spearhead and stuff and I, for some reason i've just hadn't gone and picked up one of his classic stories so really glad to be watching some poetry again
4: yes I'm looking forward to that one yeah. hmm. so next week Death to the
0: Daleks we'll expect your thoughts and opinions on that one Indeed. and that's going to do for 152 mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <coughs> Thanks for listening to 152 and sticking with us. It's been awesome having you on board. Yet go. <laughs> Can't wait until next week. Yeah. Bit of classic Who. It's been good to do some classic Who. Started back with The Ark. If you haven't listened to our review of The Ark, the first Doctor story, go back to episode 151 last week and hear our thoughts on Mr Hartnell <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes my child Yeah. Uh, so yes next week um, we'll be looking for your review so look out for the social post on Facebook and Twitter and you can send an audio clip if you like that's um, that's really cool we love listening to your voices so just send it to hello at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk or any other means that you like it's all good otherwise just yeah, head over to Facebook and do that head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk listen to all the previous episodes on there plus you can link off to all the social stuff and give us a like and a follow and you can also subscribe from there as well there's nice big buttons in order for you to do so Um, big red button yes so if you uh, hop over to iTunes that's our preferred uh, platform there Um, you can give us a, a subscribe so you never miss an episode and if you are an iTunes listener if you could give us a like and a review that would be uh, sorry a review and a rating sorry that would be amazing because it really helps us a lot and also on like most other platforms as well if you listen to any podcast app or particular website we're on most of them so just give us a search on there you'll find us also check out adam's channel the geeks handbag yeah the geeks handbag just do a search on youtube and facebook and twitter and all that jazz uh but yeah his main channel is on YouTube. Loads and loads of good videos on there. Fabulous videos. You can get lost for like <laughs> an hour. You, d- you like start watching YouTube, uh, Geeks Handbag, YouTube, and it's like an hour's gone past. Where's that going?
4: <laughs> I've got some new ones on the way as well, some good new ones coming. Yay. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so give Adam a like and a sub and all that stuff <laughs> over on YouTube.
4: All that jazz.
0: And all that jazz, yeah. So have a great week, everybody. Um, enjoy whatever you're doing as doctor who related we'll see you next time my name's gary my name's adam and remember <laughs> and...